Brought to you by Make Fun Network. And now to present the award for Best Audio Production, Dave Rildan and Lacey McGraw. Some people think recording a podcast is as easy as sitting in front of a microphone and talking, but there's more to consider. From limiting ambient noise to screening phone calls to keeping the levels right if the host starts yelling, a producer is at the center of a show's sound. Bad sound, bad show. What we say may be subject to scrutiny, (laughs) but the quality of our sound should never be in question. And the nominees are... Over Under Fair producer, Roger Castillo. <laughs> Top Five of Death producer, Matt Bastani. <laughs> I'm Listening, the Fraser Crane podcast, producer, Roz Doyle. <laughs> Riverton Police Files, producer, Chief Quimby. And the award goes to Top 5 of Death producer Matt Bistany. Wow, I can't believe I won. Thank you so much to the Academy for considering me, nominating me, and then voting for me to win. Uh, thank the Fun Butts, of course, uh, over at Make Fun Network. We are taking home the award. That's so exciting. That's, um, um, I guess uh, I guess I gotta hurry up here. Um, so uh, who else? Who else? Uh, I'm not religious, uh, so I can't. I have no God to thank. Uh, what what is going on? I think Rogers Maddie didn't win. Uh, but but we made this up for the intro. There there isn't even an award. I guess he's. Oh, oh, yeah. Turn my mic. That's fine. <laughs> Roger, can we? Hey man, what the? What, you doing the show alone now? I call it Roger Underfair. (laughs) And now to present a podcast about the best picture Oscar, this is Over Underfair. Hello and welcome back to Over Under Fair, the final word in pop culture relevance. I didn't think of an intro for myself, but I'm Dave Roldan. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Also in the studio with me, best podcast co-hostess winner, Lacey McGraw. Hello. And the Swerving Fallborg Memorial Award producer, Roger Castillo. <laughs> I don't know what that word is, but... I, now, I see, it's, a, it's, it's genius, right? Because it's a play on Irving Thalberg, which is a Lifetime Achievement Award for production, so I ah. I swerved it and made it the Swerving Fallberg Award because I am dumb, and that's <laughs> and that's your fake podcast producer award. But you won it, so congratulations! Yay! Yeah, sweet. I'll take that also for my best sound effects editing award too. A yeah. lifetime achievement. Yeah. In your thirties. Yeah. A, a fake one, <laughs> but it's real to you. It's real to you, and also indicates that you may have peaked. So. <laughs> 
a but thir- have fun living with that. <laughs> Double, at the tender young age of 38. Yep. But not the microphone. That's not peaking. No. Because because you're doing your job. So congratulations. <laughs> if it isn't obvious, which it should be, because you heard the intro, we're talking about the Academy Awards. Woo! But specifically, the Best Picture Academy Award. It is argue, um, inarguably the most important award given to you know how the the industry from itself uh yeah. about movies through through a calendar year so there's a lot to unpack it's a giant history of the award we're not going to sit here and detail every single winner and nominee but we wanted to hit on some stuff about the award specifically and we will talk over some of them like some of maybe things that we thought were overrated winners or underrated winners and just kind of the the actual presentation of the award and what it means culturally so, before we head into all that, as we like to do before we start, what are our general impressions of the Best Picture Oscar? Lacey, we'll start with you. Overrated, underrated, fairly rated. Underrated. Or, sorry, overrated. <laughs> overrated. Maximum overrated. I'm not even, like, walking a line here. I, no, it's a firm stance. I, it's a firm, hard, overrated opinion. That's stance, opinion. I, uh... I, I, I always, like, think that they're, like, good-ish movies that win, but I really feel like the term Oscar bait is, it's it's real. Like, mm, you know yes. what I mean? Like I'm some of these Some of these movies are, like, so, like, why was it the best? Why was this the best picture? Is it because it had, like, tear-jerking moments? And is I sometimes feel like they give, like, extra attention to certain directors and filmmakers and producers and things like that just because of who they are Mm -hmm. when in reality like some of the best films could be made by people we've never heard of who are maybe international or just kind of indie filmmakers so yeah i just think it's a whole like jerk off each other hollywood (laughs) jerking each other off type thing all right that's really what i feel about it roger circle jerk I would I would agree with that too, and also if you ever know how every year there's like a food trend, like a barbecue or bacon trend in the last couple of years or so, sure, that's how the Oscars are to me because they are trendy. They're you'll see a year where Indian movie or Bollywood, if you will, gets recognized, and then it will disappear like it never happened. So I think sometimes the Oscars are either they're way too late on celebrating trends a little bit, so it's a giant circle jerk in the sense of not really having the idea, be on the pulse of what's going on in the real world, to me at least. They seem a little, I want to say, um, antique sometimes with it. So sure. in terms that's of catching up. Yeah. So that's how I look at the Oscars. Okay. I'm, I guess I'm surprised since I'm the only one that has a differing opinion here because I, I thought I would feel the same. But I'm going to go fairly rated. I think the in doing a bunch of thinking about it, the impact of what the nomination and what a win does for a film is kind of it's kind of overlooked like i i think the conversation starts around what deserves to be nominated but then sure. once something wins it's kind of compartmentalized like that conversation ends and then we kind of just accept that the movie is won and i think that's telling because it means a lot more to people than i think they let on like once once it's all said and done they're like oh well that's best picture and like 
in fairness, this also creates a lot of discussion. Like every time the Oscars come around, people talk about it. Like everywhere, people that I don't even know care about movies start talking to me about movies. Like, oh, have you seen this? It's been nominated for best picture. Have you seen this? It's been nominated for best picture. Like, the conversation starts the second the nominees get dropped. Even before that, even like the Golden Globes bring up a bunch of conversation with people. Yeah. So like, people want to talk about it, and I think that's the kind of indication that it's more important than, you know, more important than I think that people give it credence to. I think the the drawback, so I can't say it's underrated, are is that it's it is kind of like Roger said, fleeting sometimes. Like there are movies that kind of get relegated to the dustbin of prestige history after a few years because ultimately they weren't the right choice or they just didn't have the impact that some other movies of that year do. So it's it's very important that the time it happens, but then if it's not like a if it's not like a real standalone piece, right. then sometimes it's just not as important. So it kind of falls in the middle somewhere. I guess I can dial back my firm stance just Don't, to teens. I mean, if no, you feel because that what you said, <laughs> what you said is true. Like I, I pay attention to the Oscars. I do. Like I pay attention to who's. I watch it. You know what I mean. I watch the whole ceremony. Yeah, to yeah. See, um, all of the nominees and awards, not just this particular category that we're talking about today. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not so much that I care. Like, I'm always kind of find myself semi-disappointed at the winners. But that's mostly just because <laughs> yeah. I, and I understand the irony of this since I'm on like a pop culture podcast in which we talk about like whether or not things are good. But I have trouble processing people trying to like tell me that something that I didn't care for is better than something that I liked. Um, not because I'm like going to be combative about it. Like if, if it's, Oh, I am. There are times I am flat out combative. I I understand. But like, I'm, I'm just saying like in the grand scheme of things, not just with Oscars, like this is, you know, if somebody tells me like, no, even though you don't like that song, here's why it's good. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, I don't care if I don't like it. I just don't like it. You know what I mean? If I like something better, I just like something better. Um, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, so I I do follow it. I do care. I guess a little bit more than I let on. I mean, it's not like a huge sure piece he- of my life, but I do I do keep an eye on it and pay attention, especially since like this year in particular, I saw a lot of the films. Yeah, I saw a handful of the films, and I really have like strong opinions about one of the films that I saw. So we know. should we should start with that. So we'll real quick. Let's talk about this year. Okay, since we're talking about the nominees. So, you know just movies in general so speaking only for like i said for this year um the nominees this year for best picture i lost my list uh ford versus ferrari the irishman jojo rabbit joker little women marriage story 1917 once upon a time in hollywood and parasite right and between us, we've seen all of these now, right? I think between the three of us, we've yeah. seen every one of these movies. I think so. Correct. Okay. We won't go crazy and describe every one of them, but we'll, on the onset, since we're going to talk about more of the Oscars, what do you think will win and what do you want to win? Roger, let's start with you. I think I, I, I only have, like, in terms of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I want that to win really bad between that and I would have to say Joker, those two. Yeah. I think so because okay. Joker, Joker. Hot take. Eh. Wow, yeah. Ex- I wasn't expecting that. Well, I liked Ford versus Ferrari, and it was a really good movie. And I, I love that movie, and it's probably one of the best movies I've seen in a while. However, in terms of what kind of shook me mentally, because I think a good movie to kind of make you kind of think a little bit, 
was Joker in terms of a psychological standpoint of making you think of mental health, not just take out the DC comic element as just a standalone movie. I thought it was a really good Todd Phillips kind of really differentiated himself from anything he's ever done and showed a dark tone about mental illness that I haven't seen like that. So that that, that movie really kind of shook me in it. And I thought that was a really, if a movie does that and moves you like that, I think that says something. And as far as, I mean, I haven't seen 1917, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I love the pacing, love the way the last half hour was kind of, you and I talked about this before. Uh, yeah. yeah, I got a lot of problems with that movie. Yeah, but. you do. But and that's fine. And I think it was a good story. I thought that the like, even the, the Timothy Olden that. Oliphant? Oliphant. Yeah, and that that's movie my dude. Was, that was great. And I really think that for Quentin Tarantino, the way he did the the whole Rick Rick Dalton's character, the character development was great, pacing everything. So those were my two. What do you think will win? What I think will win? Yeah, I think nineteen seventeen. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I I I'm gonna go ahead and piggyback off of that. I also think nineteen seventeen is gonna win because it's it is good. I'm not slighting it at all, but it's. It is in capital letters an Oscar movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It has all of the trappings. It's a war movie. God, they love war movies. It's it has like an aesthetic that people appreciate. It has the sorrow that you need for movies to win things. Like it's this feels like it has Oscar written all over it. I'm picking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as a dark horse winner because this feels like the Quentin Tarantino has done a lot, so we'll give him an award now, even though he's made better movies, I think. Um, I'm not going to get into all of them because my feelings on them are irrelevant for what we're talking about. But as a personal choice, I want to see Parasite win because it was the best movie I saw last year that wasn't Knives Out, which is not nominated for this, so whatever. But Parasite was excellent, and it's awesome to see a movie, an international movie, get recognized because it doesn't happen all that much. And when it does happen, it is notable, and this movie is particularly good. So that would be a real cool moment for that to happen and also i think the movie's fucking great so personal choice parasite prospective pick 1917 um yeah i'm kind of also looking at 1917 to win this too like dave said it's just capital letters oscar film um all the technical stuff with it combined with the fact that it's like a war epic you know and a very touching story sort of thing um but i saw Jojo Rabbit and I loved it. I know this will doesn't have a chance in hell to win, but this is like one of the most impactful movies for me that I've seen in years. I just thought it was great. It was like a fresh take on uh looking at wor- like World War II situation the situation in World War II. It was a a different kind of movie and it was a comedy really. Um ostensibly. Yeah, I mean it's it's a comedy and then I mean, it definitely takes a turn because the content that it's dealing with is extremely heavy. But um, I really liked that movie, and I would love to see that get something, but I I don't really think it's going to win. But yeah, 1917, I think, is probably going to take it. Parasite, I'd love to see win for the same reasons. I, I hate the fact that films from other countries in foreign languages are constantly overlooked and... um. How, how do you say his, Bong Joon-ho? Yeah, close. Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. Um, he said he won a 
Golden Globe and I was watching his speech and he said like you'll op- Americans will open their eyes to a whole new world of film if you just get over the two inch barrier on the bottom of the screen that is yeah. subtitles. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. That's not yeah. his exact words. Yeah, that's a sentiment. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> you will. Like there's so many good movies out there. You just have to freaking read subtitles and people just overlook them and don't want to do that. And so I would love to see Paris. I mean, I would love to see Parasite take it just for what it would mean for international films and the fact that like he probably deserves, you know, some sort of accolade yeah. for this. Definitely, this will come up a little bit later when we talk about yeah the- sort of some of the international film stuff because there is I have some notes on that. But in the in the short term, yes, I as I said and as you have now also said, I totally agree with you. It's it's kind of important that they recognize more stuff. I also. One more thing would not I wouldn't be shocked to see the Irishman actually take this. Yeah, not, I kind of would. But not, I, I want to hear why. not because I think it's like but because I the way I think that um that the Oscars are done, the way I feel that they ju- choose these winners, uh, Martin Scorsese coupled with these like this cast and the content that they're dealing with. I mean. I feel like this is like one of those things where they might surprise you and be like Scorsese. It is know, a very Oscar Niro, movie. Pacino, yeah, it has all the names. You know, on it's it. got all the names. It's got the content. It's dealing with kind of like mob stuff. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if the Irishman took it. But I mean, I think it's going to be 1917. I guess that would be big too, since it's not since it wasn't a movie that was made for wide release. Like it was a Netflix film. Yeah. They have so, to run them like, in theaters, though. They to do, get, yeah, right. but it's a limited. And it did, run, but yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't like a traditionally released, you know, produced film. So that would be kind of neat because Roma. This happened for Roma last year, which was a international and b a Netflix movie. Yeah. So that would be cool then too, in a way, for that to win. Yeah. Marriage Story was a Netflix. Also, yeah, also yeah, a Netflix well. production, which was also good. But that yeah, I don't, was, I don't see that happening. No, no, not at I, all. I do think it would be kind of neat. It's forty years removed from Kramer versus Kramer the last like Oscar buzzy marriage dis- dissolution piece, child really? yeah. yeah custody movie and that one so Kramer versus Kramer won best picture in 1979 it would be interesting to see it come full circle 40 years later but I don't think it's happening I thought it was a really great movie but yeah, yeah. I don't think it's like it's it's not like Oscar worthy in this day and it's age. performance worthy it's but performance that's not what we're that's not what we're talking sure. about yeah, today but yeah so to move on, I don't know where else to put this. So I guess I, I kind of wanted to go over some trivia because I I love trivia Ooh. and I also like, you know, stats. Um, so let's do some trivia here. So there have been 554 movies nominated for Best Picture. And as this is the 92nd, 91 of them have won. So 91 winners out of 554 nominees. That's pretty rad. Um, of those 91 winners, 65 of them have also won for Best Director. So the Best Director has directed the best film 65 times. It's kind of an interesting stat. So that's like two-thirds of the time the best director is an indication of the best best film. But it's weird that it isn't always. Like the how they differentiate what wins and what doesn't between those two things is kind of weird. Um, which will lead into the discussion of how they pick the Academy Award. Um, which we could just talk about now, I guess, since I don't have another place to put that. Sure. So when you nominate when you start for nominees for individual categories. Those individual categories are only selected by the people within those sectors, right? So, like, members of the Academy that are directors or have directing credits or in whatever way assimilated with directoring, they are given ballots to nominate best directors. But, like, 
Amy Adams isn't going to vote for best director. Like she's not a director and she doesn't have those credentials. Like that's how they, that's how they determine who gets nominated. They send out ballots to the people who have won and to the people in the Academy that are associated with that. But they do that for individual things. So like in a way it is a jury of your peers that are giving you these awards for individual awards. So actors vote for actors, you know, costume designers vote for costume designers. It's only when you get to the best film that everybody gets in the pool. Okay, yeah. so this is like, okay, that so, makes sense. Yeah, so then then they canvass every member of the Academy, and that's where that's where it gets heady, because you start, you take the first round of ballots, which is everybody numbering the, the nominees from one to whatever, like based on first preference, all the way down to however many they list, and then those movies all get put into, you know, a pool, and that's where the Cooper, the Price Waterhouse Cooper, whatever the name of the thing is, they tabulate all that stuff. That's why they always talk about them because they're doing a lot of math. Yeah. Um, they go tabulate all the numbers and then they determine which of these movies get nominated because the pool of movies is vast. It's just like write down the movies you like. And yeah, you just, it's like everything. Yeah, you just write them all the fuck down. So they pick the number of nominees based on whoever votes them in the places, like one, two, three, four, five. If a certain movie, like in this case, we'll say Joker. If Joker got, uh, I believe it's eighty percent of number of like first place votes, it's automatically put in. So like if a, if enough people put number one for that, it's automatically nominated. The rest of them then go down mathematically, and it's like by percentages to determine which one of them they put on there. The only thing that's ever weird to me is that they have they've changed this number more than once, but they have twelve now. I think they put the number at yeah, and they don't a maximum put... of twelve, and they just don't do it like. I the numbering is not for me to know. Like it's it's kind of vague. So because they do percentages, do you think maybe there's like because there's what? How many nominees are this year? Three, four, five, nine. Uh, nine. So they have twelve available slots. Correct. So they could have put three more films in there. Do they you could. think maybe there was like ties for like the speculation is that there is a magic number, quote unquote, and if enough movies don't reach that percentage point, they don't get nominated. But we don't know what it is. Okay, I like, see. Like, it could be 50% of people put it on a ballot. It could be 20% of people put it on a ballot. Right. We don't know. So if, like, everybody listed these nine movies, but then, like, six people were, like, book smart. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just, yeah, that yeah. just came off of it. They're like, well, that's not really enough to Correct. nominate it. That it is, doesn't that hold seems a candle. To be the way that it works. doesn't yes. really belong in that category mm-hmm. just because like six people thought it was the shit. Right. Okay, it's just not it. enough to put on there. I get it. Because it was five for a long time, but prior to it being five, it was bigger. Like back in the thirties and forties, sure. they had more nominees. Yeah. So they've they've retro they've retrofitted it back to the old model in the recent years. But when it was like five, it was just like a solid five. And I there was, was probably honestly, a percent then too. But. I was honestly shocked to see that Ford versus Ferrari got nominated. Yeah. I, I didn't really hear a lot about this movie. Like I saw clip like trailers and stuff for it. And I saw that it had like quite the cast. But like I just didn't hear it getting a lot of attention. Maybe that's just me not like looking into it. I don't know. But it I feels just, like a kind of a fringe nominee. Like it has all the hallmarks of it, right? It's based yeah. on a true event. They love movies about underdogs and true underdogs that, yeah. you know they they seem to eat that shit up but it's it's inclusion is i think it's more it's warranted but it is strange like yeah. of the movies that did get nominated it is kind of like the furthest one from i guess the cultural mind like roger you saw it yeah, yeah. did you think were you shocked or uh a little bit but i mean it was a very well movie i didn't best picture i mean for best best, uh, best supporting actor christian bale for sure I mean, it was a really good visual movie. 
but when I say best picture, I don't have it. Like, I can't give you enough movies to base off of another opinion with. But right, yeah. Um, real quick about the voting too. What's interesting is that they said that according to what's what's called it's called uh excuse me rank choice voting. Is that correct, Dave? That's yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. They said that this demonstrates how single seat political elections with more than two candidates can run because voters can rank their choices based off their ballots. Third party independent candidates are no longer potential spoilers, and no one takes office with small polarities. So interesting how that it's really fascinating how that whole thing. The whole process is very weird. Like it's it's cool, but it's not it's not something I can I can get my head around wholly. Like I, I understand that there's a ballot process. And then there's another ballot process. But once you get into the second one, it becomes a bit nebulous because they don't want you to know. Like there is a bit of there is a bit of transparency, but mostly it's kind of behind closed doors. Like there's there's a lot of there's a lot to be discerned, though, when you think about who the Academy is. Like it's a lot of like established Hollywood people, generally speaking, you know, so you kind of know who's voting for it, which is part of the. Part of something that will come up later. Yeah, I always thought it was just like these stuffy like critics in a back room. I don't know. I didn't. I never realized until like kind of fairly recently that it was. Melissa Etheridge comes to mind. Kendrick Lamar, Rashad Jones. Those those are people that are on the, the invitees, academy. Yeah, the, the invitees for the, the who can vote. Yeah, it's Kendrick weird, right? Lamar, yeah, that one yeah, Mindy, surprises me. Mindy Kaling, which shouldn't surprise anybody. J.K. Rowling. Really. Yeah. Fuck J.K. Yeah, seventeen, <laughs> seventeen, <laughs> step, <laughs> seventeen separate branches is the academy. It's pretty. That's weird. Yeah, over eight thousand. Was it eight thousand members? It's grown. Anyway, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's wild. Uh, a couple more facts before we get too far into it. Um, there have only been three animated films nominated for Best Picture. I only bring this up because if anyone knows, I am a huge fan of animation and. That there are only three nominees is criminal. It is. I won't go further than saying that. Um, those movies are, if, to no one's surprise, all Disney movies. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, Up, and Toy Story 3. So those are the three animated films that have been nominated for Best Picture. Spirited Away is not. Fuck you. Like, sure, it got nominated for Best Foreign Film, but also, fuck you. One of the best movies ever. I relent my soapbox. I... I agree with that. This is part of my problem with, like, the whole Best Picture thing, is... Like, why aren't animated movies considered more? We know that there's been great animated films over the years, and it's not just Toy Story 3, Up, and Beauty and the Beast, which are all great, sure, but there's there's been many more, yeah. you know? And then uh, also another thing, they lack horror. Um, I mean, there's, I mean, there's been some great horror films over the years. I know that Silence of the Lambs won in what what was it ninety one, mm. um, which is great. But and that's com, you and know, that could even be argued as more of a thriller than like a straight up horror movie. Sure, you know, exactly. Wanna, yeah, it's not, split it's, hairs. Yeah, um, I know. Was it Get Out that got nominated? Got nominated. What, yeah, was it two, two years, years ago. ago? Yeah. yeah, which is great. Sure. Yeah, that was an awesome film too. But I don't know. I just think they should. the The genre seems to always be drama like that's the only thing that can possibly be good mm. i know that not all of these films are drama like i said jojo rabbit is a comedy um kind of and but comedies have been nominated yeah, and have won yeah historically speaking i don't know i just feel like they have like one lane that they tend to stay in and they need to um 
get out of it. The, the, <laughs> Swerve the a Oscar bait discussion is coming. I promise. Is, yeah, yeah we we'll, we will get to that in depth. Uh, a couple more things, real quick. So there's only one movie that has one Best Picture, and that's the only nomination that movie got. Uh, that was Grand Hotel. It's from the 20s, so it's a long, like, 30s. It's a long time ago, but yeah. it is kind of notable in that it is a movie that was nominated for one award, Best Picture, and it won. So Did they kinda cool. vote differently back then, do you think? I'm sure the voting process has evolved a bit over the Probably. years. Probably. Yeah. I mean, again, that, that's because a bit... This, we're speculating, yeah. but it, it has to have been... Sort of similar, but probably different. Yeah, because I don't understand with the how. industry being smaller. Yeah. Roger, not to mention too, until nineteen fifty or until really the early fifties, it was always the film studios who were getting more of the credit versus then later on, right? Produce production companies or oh, the producer sure. itself. Yeah, so that that's actually an important note. Then, yeah, so that's it. Definitely would have been different. Yeah, studios so for, were more important back in yeah. the day. Like people probably paid more attention to that. Yeah, than they were like how, so important. How nowadays <laughs> we're like, oh, J.J. Abrams is. Uh, directing a Star Wars film, it would have been like Fox is producing yes. X, Y, and Z. Yeah, because right? because back historically, studios had a style, or yeah. they had in-house actors, or they had directors. Like a studio was the entity, yeah. you know. And yeah. now it is vastly different. Like there are still some some things that remain from that, but the studio system as it was is long gone. Old timey. Yeah. So I mean, Jack somewhere a dead Robert Evans sheds a tear. <laughs> Or a guy like, for example, Jack Warner, Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah, who, absolutely. I mean, he was, it was his way or no way at all. So a lot of these directors and producers are just, you're part of the Warner Brothers thing, and that was it. Yep. Yeah, man, it's wild. Look up the studio system if you want to You want to read some cool shit about... Exploitation? Yeah, if you want to read some cool shit about exploitation. I actually saw a documentary recently on like the rise of Hollywood films and studios and things like that, but I cannot recommend it to you, dear listeners, because I don't remember <laughs> the name of it. Google it. I don't know. I can <laughs> recommend a podcast if anyone is interested in old Hollywood or just Hollywood in general. Um, you must remember this is a fantastic breakdown of all facets of old Hollywood from gossip to the lives of actors and directors and producers and the studio system. A wonderful podcast that I would in- like tell everybody who has any sort of interest in that sort of thing to listen to. Bless you, Roger. <laughs> We're to keep that in. Um, yeah. And then Fuck the last, it, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. And the last one, uh, because I thought this was kind of cool, there are 14 movies. I won't list all of them, but 14 movies that have won Best Picture while winning no other major awards. And major awards being like the acting, the all, all of the acting awards. So no actors won for these movies, and they didn't win Best Director, but they won Best Picture. But there were so some nominees. In kind there, of cool. Yeah. 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 So that's there's a you know uh, some of the notable ones we might like people might be more familiar with uh, Chariots of Fire, <laughs> uh, oh boy. Crash, a movie we will definitely be talking about uh, later. These are more recent ones: Argo, Spotlight, and Green Book. So those from the past decade, all of those won Best Picture without winning any other major awards. So kind of neat. Yeah, that's interesting. That in, they in thought that they thought that like all these films, the uh, like. Let's see. I, screenplay, the performances, the technical things, and the costumes weren't worthy of an award. But when oh, you no, put no. them all together, they have won some of those. These are major. Oh, awards. major like yeah. best actor, right? Actor. So no, no acting nominations and no directing. Okay, but I the picture won. Okay, and okay. occasionally some of these have won minor awards, like technical awards or perhaps a screenwriting. 
like a screenplay award, but none of the major awards. I hate that. Unquote. Yeah, I know. I'm glad you're doing the quote thing because I'm like, that is a major part of it. Everything's a major part of it. I, yeah, we're not going to get a chance to talk yeah, about this later. I know, but go ahead but and talk about that now because that's well, something you actually mentioned, I like just, a, an issue you have with the Oscars. As the in Oscars in a whole, like as a whole, I think, and I understand why they do this is because nobody cares so much about, you know, Bill the costume designer as they do like Jennifer Lawrence. Well, like Bill, Bill's wife might. Bill yeah. I, I, I understand, but like my mom sitting at home wants to see Jennifer Lawrence in a pretty dress going, Oh my god, or something like that. Your mom and, and I have that in common. And like Bill gets up on stage and he's like, I'd like to thank Debbie. <laughs> my kids go to bed. You know, Daddy oh. be home soon. And then he names like a shit ton of people nobody's ever heard of or whatever. Oh my god, working on this film, working on on Babe was <laughs> was Academy Award nominee Babe. Yeah, that's why I got get it. your name right. Um, but anyway, yeah, I I don't know. I just but I hate that they're called minor awards because like costuming and makeup and all of those things are super important because if you're watching. Uh, for example, Ford versus Ferrari, and everybody's wearing like what Yeezy wear or like <laughs> Kanye West's clothing line. Like that's not going to work. Like no, period. Period. Costuming is difficult. This is just this is just me uh, reverting back to my high school self and what I did behind the scenes work on plays and never felt like I got the credit <laughs> for it. I'm oh, like, did you still see, grinding that act? Did you see that Victorian style gown though? Because like, if it would have had a ruffle completely out of place, it would have been like twenty years out of time period. <laughs> you know what I mean? But nobody. That's important. It. That's important. No, it's very, very important because even with period times, even with like music, little things like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, nothing past that time period, or nothing past nineteen sixty nine of the or whenever that yeah sixty nine sixty nine went forward because he was very important and conscious and. Of that and so yeah you have to do those things but yeah. yeah i just hate that they're called minor awards uh also kind of unrelated but i have to tell this that i was reading a, I saw a tweet on twitter the other day where somebody said that their parents who are like older people went and saw little women and the mother really enjoyed it but the dad could not stop talking about how there was a crystal bowl sitting in the background of a scene that would not have been around in that time period, and it ruined the entire movie for him. That's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> I know. I, mean, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It is a bit of a stretch. <clears throat> Calm down. But at the same time, like some people get real irked by shit like that, and that would have been a technical failure on the part of the prop master. That's so. True. You know, there's also nothing. All right, I'm not gonna break that. One yeah, down. yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna break that. We're not gonna break, not that gonna one break down. this down. We'll, I'm just we'll, saying, we'll like, I just, I just hate the minor major awards. The major awards are only major because they have a face on them yeah, that that's, we that's recognize that's is true. what i that's what i think because all facets of these movies are very important <laughs> i agree let me get off my soapbox now. i agree but fuck them because we're talking about the best exactly, picture yeah. which includes everybody so no you're okay. right no that is fair that's a good point i'm glad you brought it up um so as we are inclined we like to break this down into segments the over the under and the fair we're gonna start with the under because i really only think we had one and that is understood and that's where we're going to lead to oscar bait it's kind of a known quantity now how you become nominated right like people can set out to make a movie and know that they are doing it to be an award bait type movie now i'm not saying that everybody does this deliberately but you know when you see a movie and it's coming out in november that's probably because they intended it to be a nominee movie like they are making a movie 
as quote unquote Oscar bait. So some of the things we've talked about them, but let's let's define that a bit more firmly. So as Lacey had mentioned, and we had kind of thrown around, the underdog story, definitely something that shows up in a lot of movies. Dramas. Um, dramas are a huge thing. Period pieces, also a big Oscar bait flag. Like they love that shit. Um, the one that I always kind of think of, and it's it's not fair because these movies are important and I do like most of them. A lot of movies when they are dealing specifically with diversity slash race relations, like when you're pitting like a, for lack of a better way to phrase this, when it's like white people that don't understand the black struggle being put into a movie where they are with disenfranchised people and then understanding and being like kind of a white savior kind of oh, thing. Oh yeah, I was going to say white savior. Man, so they fucking love those fucking movies. The help, oh my God. Hidden figures. The list is literally <laughs> endless and I'm not going to list all these nominees because yeah, no. there are too fucking many. Mississippi but you, Burning. Yes, you know it when you see it. Those movies are Academy Award bait. Like Some of you 100%. know it when you see it. Right. <laughs> and now I'm not saying these aren't important movies. Like I will say Green Book won last year kind of not good like personal opinion i don't think the movie's that great i agree with you on that movie but that movie definitely is doing that it's holding that fucking it's holding that egg in that basket so, what did you pretty say? hardcore what is that the word you like to use trope yeah dude it's trope and a half yeah. like that these these are what they are they're tropes these oscar bait these are all tropes and these are the kind of tropes that the academy seems to prefer and part of it feels a bit congratulatory you know like some sort of like a false wokeness of like oh but look we might not have nominated any any directors of color or many women, but all of these white dudes learned about the black struggle, so let's nominate all of these movies. Now, I'm not saying this happens every single time. I don't want to make this like a thing I'm stumping on, but it happens a lot. So these movies are nominated a lot because it's a trope and because the Oscars love that. You know what I mean? So that's that's sort of in the realm of Oscar bait. Are there any kind of things I'm forgetting, any sort of baity things that I'm not talking about? No, I think I think you covered them all. Yeah, race uh, relations definitely. War Underdog story. Oh yeah, war movies yeah. absolutely. War movies, yeah. yeah, war movies, war as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the fog of war. Yep, the struggle, man. That's that's always a big thing. Like, and that's that's sort of what we have the problem with, right? With before we start like railing on overrated parts of this, it's it's not that we don't think these movies are good because many of them are. It's just that we can, it's so nakedly plain to people when you are baiting it. Like, you're trying. You're trying real hard. And that's, that feels like, to me, a disservice to how you make films. Like, I'm not, I don't want to tell a director or a writer that they can't make these stories. Because some of them need to be told. Like, I appreciate them. Yeah. But then I see a movie like The Last Samurai, you know, the Tom Cruise vehicle, who I love, who if you've ever listened to the show, you know this is true. But... That movie is like offensive. The level of the level of whitewashing and the level of you know strange play, strange you know per stranger in a strange land kind of tokenism that we're putting on these these Japanese people with Tom Cruise leading them to salvation or attempting to like you're doing this deliberately to bait people into nominating your movie and the message is kind of lost. Like that's that's the biggest issue with that. And this is my annoyance with them not considering many, like, international films, I feel. Like, this is all, like, a Hollywood... I guess I shouldn't say all Hollywood, because I think a lot of British films kind of get their way in oh, here, totally. right? Yeah, it's, so English-speaking Western world, right? So, like, America, Western UK, is the best yeah. way. Yeah, the Western, um, Western production. The, I just... I th I think that they need to probably... I, I feel that there is no way in hell that if I look at this list... 
from back in time that there has only been a handful of international films that have been worthy of this. So it just, that's why I always say it feels like a Hollywood circle jerk. The thing I wanted to say about war movies, um, I feel like that's another thing. Like there's a lot of great action movies out there that rely heavily on like big action sequences and explosions and like cool special effects and stuff like that. But they don't, really get considered or attention paid to them unless they're war films because war films are kind of like seem like a way to do a big action movie with like dignity almost that's a good word because it's because it's something that's actually happened or at least loosely based on a true story like you know 1917 took place in world war one we see this. It, it is based on a true story, isn't it? Like a true mission that happened in um, 1917? Not specifically. It's based on the stories that Sam Mendes' like, great-grandfather okay. or grandfather right. like told him about okay. the war. Gotcha. But like we can even go back a couple years ago, Dunkirk. You yeah. Know, something like that um, yeah. actually happened, most of it. Um, the broad picture. Right. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that's how films get made that are like action movies because you're you're watching them what's really keeping you pulled in is the action and all the like big effects and things like that. At least it is for me when I watch a movie like that, but it's not like fast and furious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you saying the fast and furious should be nominated for best picture? No, it's oh, okay. what I'm saying is that this I'm, is how I'm you, here for this that. is how you make an action movie Fast with like dignity snubbed. and don't get like the side eye from people like, Oh, it's just a dumb action movie. Like, yeah. no, that's not a dumb action movie. It's, Dunkirk, <laughs> you know what I mean, like Roger. Looks like you were about to say something. I was just, ago. The only thing I was going to say, what's interesting to you, is that it seems like once or twice a decade, you always have a news movie. What I mean by that is, a, oh yeah, that's yeah, a like good the, one. Yeah, like broad, you talk about broadcast news. Ah, you have spotlight network. You have all the presidents, man, which is kind of technically reporting. Yeah, but still no, the same, same difference. Yeah, same realm. Yeah, news. Yeah, and that always happens once or twice a decade without question without just like clockwork you can always count on it yeah no you're totally and, right and if hbo had that show what's the hbo show with um uh, the the newsroom the newsroom we yeah, were just it, talking it, about that on another show weren't we yeah if the newsroom was a movie that would have been nominated for an oscar because it probably just, it, it fits that motif aaron sorkin so, yeah, aaron yeah. Aaron yeah. Sorkin <laughs> so well so yeah that, that there's always once <clears> or twice a decade the other time i can really think of that didn't really happen Technically, maybe the '90s, I guess, because I don't remember that too much. In the Didn't 90s. the paper get nominated for an Academy Award? The paper that's like '93, '94. Double check that. I, no, no, uh, no, it did not. Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah, but uh, if you think about the '90s, that's the only time I really didn't think of. It, but in the '80s, it was uh, without clockwork. Just the, even the broad, the broadcast news isn't even that good of a movie. I like broadcast news. I, I like to, I love Oliver Brooks, but I just I don't know. Holly Hunter deserves that award. <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm not even a fan of Holly Hunter. Or the coming of age middle. Here's the part that I, I crack up about some of these movies. Maybe that's just a me thing. When I think of movies like The Big Chill. Or... Oh, The Insider. That's that's the 90s. Okay, that's The Insider. That, yeah, 99. I forgot about Russell Crowe. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a Michael Mann movie, isn't it? Yes. Yes. It's good. I, I, <laughs> my buddy uh, who's the Tigers podcast with wants me to see that movie really bad. But, yeah, uh, all right. Yeah. Shout out to that guy. Chris, uh, but it's honestly... It's a motif that I, I think the coming to age st- story that I can never relate to, like the big chill. Well, yeah, that's not meant for us, though, yeah. right? Like I, uh, we're, We true. weren't alive to be I do part like that of that movie, generation. Though. Yeah, I do like that movie. A Got lot. a great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much really. What that's why people love it. Yeah. I, I, I have maintained for years that that is 
the reason people like that movie of a certain age is because the soundtrack's so I, fucking I good. I agree, yeah. But, I you mean, know. it's it's, it's fine. A fine. It's a fine movie. It's a movie with a cast. Kevin Costner. <laughs> it's a movie with a cast. Kevin Costner was the dead body. Did you know that? I didn't know that. And, I didn't know either. Yeah, he was the friend that killed himself, and he actually had some scenes. I think it was Kevin Costner, yeah. And he actually had some scenes in it with, like, him before he was dead. But they all got cut. So, like, That's there's just, like clips of them like preparing a dead body and it's kevin costner presumably does the prince of does the prince of tides count because one of the characters is an author i'm just kidding (laughs) um mob movies too yeah right sure because that's that's the other way to do action like if you want to be violent you can make a mob yeah that's just like and that's kind of another way to be prestigious of complicated men doing complicated things like fuck off and also like space yeah so there's there's plenty there's plenty of things like We've listed all of them. They I'm all exist. Like wrong. really what a lot of these fall under the umbrella of are true life stories. Like right, right, the, right. the truer you can get to like a, peer, a person that has lived and overcome something or has lived and has been no- notorious for something. Yeah. Those are the stories that they seem most interested in having be focused. You know, but we're going to talk about one of those in a little bit when we get to the over. But mm. uh, before we transition into the next section, that was all I had for the under, just kind of the it is understood the way that these movies get nominated sure. or what is nominated rather. Um, does anybody else, cause I have one, does anybody have any underrated winners? This is hard because a lot of these movies are very, are pretty deserving and a lot of them have been very good. Are there any movies that have won that you feel like aren't remembered as fondly or have been kind of forgotten? I, I do, but I, I fear that it might be the same as you. Okay. <laughs> is it Birdman? No, it is not Birdman. I feel like no I don't know anybody who's seen Birdman other than you. And and you, Roger. Right. Other no, I don't than, know. Like, you know why? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, I'm sorry. It's I okay. well Oh man, Birdman is so good. I don't know. But okay, I'm I'm gonna say though, you would be open to seeing it. Yes, so I would, yeah. Everybody else is like Birdman, what? Like I have never seen anybody that like loves this movie the way I feel like it should be loved. I, I like that movie a lot. I saw it three times in the theater with you. You saw it more, I, I think. I saw it six yeah. times. I saw it three times Big with you. Big fan of this movie. Thought it was great. And I don't think it gets enough. I don't think it gets talked about enough. It It's a fantastic film. And it's not even that old. It's 2014. Yeah. So it's like barely five yeah, years ago Yeah, so it's just a few years ago. Um, Michael Keaton. This is like the Michael Keaton Fucking comeback welcome film. Welcome back, Michael Keaton. And it like you forget. You forget how great he is. And he is just on point in this. Everybody in this movie is really Everybody great. is good. Even I mean, Edward Norton. Edward Norton is amazing. I have trouble saying bad things about, or nice things about, but yeah, he's really oh, good in God. this movie. He's Michael Keaton's really good. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was a movie that more people should see. So if you haven't seen Birdman, check it out. Even Zach Galifianakis is in it playing a yeah, great role. Like, in a really good role. It's I a minor role, but I thought he did really it's well. It's a minor role, but this was one of the movies where I was like, maybe Galifianakis is actually a pretty good actor yeah. and maybe we should give him a chance because like I know he's got that goofy over the top like persona with his comedy and stuff but like he's not that in this film no he's, he's an actor playing he, a part and yeah, he's quite good and at he's it. really good at it so I definitely recommend checking that out if you haven't seen it it's a real and do pay attention to the editing as well because that's one thing that I thought was um, really nice in it too that uh, a lot of people um, I watched it with someone that wasn't you, and they didn't notice it until I pointed it out to them. Um, nice. So that's just me being a geek. But yeah, that movie, um, I wanted to mention that one, and I don't think I have any other ones. Roger, no. do you have any underrated winners? I do. I have I have two, actually. Argo. Oh, well. Argo, because I thought Argo was... Well, then. 
I, I know people thought that there was a year of Argo and all this, and but in terms of movies, oh, the, uh, the the reason why I mentioned that too among the listing of movies on that year, Zero Dark Thirty, Silver Linings Playbook, all those movies that are Dangle Unchained. I was going to say the one you didn't mention that yeah. I thought should have won that year. That movie, Dangle Unchained, would I would would probably go with that, but the rest was like Life of Pile that in Argo. I, I liked Argo a lot. I really liked that movie. I just the whole story behind it. I don't know why, but I thought it was underrated because those other movies in that, minus Dangle and Chain, of course, even Link. I thought even Lincoln were all just made like Steven Spielberg was like, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna just go ahead and try to win, especially because the year before he tried with Warhorse too, and he like he tried, <laughs> kept, like he kept trying. Yeah. Like, what are you doing here? He always kind of is. He's yeah. always like on the precipice of just like I'm gonna make an Oscar movie this year. Yeah. Like it seems like it, you know. Yeah, and another movie that's been kind of forgotten about, to me, forgotten about too in the last 10 years, because the other ones I really can't say in terms of culturally I forget about, but Slumdog Millionaire, I, I think it's kind of for, forgotten about. Underrated, like, though? I mean, yeah, it is forgotten yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, in terms It's of definitely like, probably, yeah. Go in ahead, terms sorry. of like, yeah, in terms of just because in the, only in a factor of it has not been talked about nearly enough as some of these other movies like Crash and Million Dollar Baby or even for that matter, something along the lines of a beautiful mind. Yeah. So I think for that decade, for the millenn- for the two thousands, I think that movie was like, oh yeah, it's just part of a fad. Now it was actually a really good movie. It is a good movie, and I. It, what's weird is that I guess I didn't think about it because it's definitely the best movie of the nominations. Like that's that's a year that I saw all the movies. Like I don't I don't always do it. I try, but I definitely saw all these movies in two thousand eight. Slumdog Millionaire is the best movie on this list. Like it, I, I look at it in in research, and I'm like, oh yeah, of course that one because it's the best movie I see here. But then I think about it, as you said, and I guess I haven't heard anyone talk about it since then. Like it is kind of, it is kind of disappeared, right? Yeah. Especially on, on a small level. Especially the two other movies in there, Frost and Nixon and Milk. I like Milk and Frost. So do I. It's good for the bones. It's, but the other two movies they did not see: Curious Case of Benjamin <laughs> um, Button and The Weeder. It's long. <laughs> I make a lot of Benjamin Button jokes, like yeah, just it's, about it's fun aging to make related. But yeah, I don't really. I'm not really like. Oh, by the way, the film. It's fine. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. Like I like Brad Pitt. I love Kate Blanchett. But it's, yeah, it's I'm, fine. I'm interested in seeing now because David Fincher is directing it. So no, sure. Yeah. yeah, and that's it's good. It's a good movie. But I definitely think Slumdog was the best out of the lot. And yeah, I'm actually glad you brought that up. I hadn't even considered the fact that people forgot about it, which is only proving your point. I forgot <laughs> about it. So yeah, man, that's a solid pick. I have one. I'm going to do my best not to take an hour to talk about it because we don't have that much time. But Amadeus is one of my favorite movies ever. It is on the very, very, very short list of like a top five, maybe maybe top seven. So I think this movie is fucking fantastic. It is, of course, based on a real person, several real people. Um, the main character is not Amadeus. It is the subject of the film, but it is through the eyes of a rival of the time, a, a, another composer in Vienna in the 1700s, uh, Salieri, as portrayed by F. Murray Abraham, who won for this movie because he is great in it. And Tom Hulse, a dude nominated as Mozart, who did fuck all after this, like two or three notable roles, if that. Um, this movie is great because it is an Oscar movie. Like, it it sounds weird to say that, but it is the production is lavish. Like, it's all set in Vienna and in Germany in the 1780s. So it looks of that time. Everybody's wearing wigs and there's lots of frills and there's palaces. Like it looks awesome. And the soundtrack is all classical Mozart music and other classical pieces. And it's beautiful. Like 
the technicality of this movie is what makes me initially love the movie. And then the repeat viewings of the movie and seeing the performances within it of the actual actors is what keeps it endeared to me. Because I think this movie is very excellent, especially for the time. Like, uh, it's nominated against a lot of movies that I feel are sort of forgettable, like Places in the Heart, A Soldier's Story, Passage to India. The Killing Field is notable because it's like, it's a really great film. And the dude, uh, Hang Us Noir, won that, that year. Like, it's an international picture with an international actor winning best actor or supporting actor. So, like, it has that has a notoriety also because he was later murdered. So, that's a, another reason that movie is notable. But that's some trivia for you. Um, I just feel like for the time and place, this movie is kind of forgotten as, like, a as a relic of the 80s. Like, it's, it's not a movie that gets played on TV a lot. Now, I, I saw it on TNT a shitload when I was a kid. Oh, or really? TBS, TBS. Okay. Like one or maybe not a shitload. I, I'm overestimating it because we had a copy of this movie, but my mom also loves this movie. So I've seen it like a hundred times. So it may have just been in my household it was a fixture. But I, I feel like in retrospect, looking at it compared to other movies that won at the time, like Chariots of Fire, Terms of Endearment, Platoon, Rain Man. Like these are movies that Driving Miss Daisy... These are 80s movies that people can remember when you say that movie. Like, it comes to you in a flash. And even movies that were nominated around then, Fatal Attraction, Moonstruck, you know, Hannah and Her Sisters, like, all these, Color Purple, like, all these movies that were of the 80s, that are prestige 80s movies, you can name 15 or 20 before you come to Amadeus, a movie that won Best Film. So, again, this is a very, very personal choice, but... I just wanted to give Amadeus the love that it deserves in my mind because it deserves so much love. If you have not seen Amadeus, please watch Amadeus and tell me that you loved it. And if you hated it, you can tell me that too and I'll just ignore you. But that's on you. What's interesting too about that movie is that Tom Holtz, think of him, I think of him as Animal House. Sure, yeah, because he, yeah, he's in that, he's in this, and he's in Parenthood as like the flunky son. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah douchebag son. Yeah. And not to mention he's also Quasimodo in... And he is the voice of Quasimodo in yeah. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. So yeah. that's what most of you probably will have known Tom Holtz from. Yeah, and you that's never it. really see him anymore. Also, yeah. he's a, he also he retired from acting. Mm-hmm. He retired from acting, and he's also from the Detroit area. Yes, he is. His family was uh, his mom and... You know a lot about Tom Holtz. Well, <laughs> yeah, Tom Holtz so rules. Yeah. Well, I know that Dave was going to mention Amadeus because him, Dave, since the day I met him, was like, you ever seen Amadeus? And I saw this. <laughs> He's like, you know, he's like, because all it does is because we, we li- <laughs> like, you know, we're talking I'm about Falco. No, you know what? It was a conversation about Falco, and he was like, "Rock me on my dance." He's like, "Have you seen the movie?" I'm like, "No." Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. That tracks. Yeah, and I'm like, we uh, definitely were talking about Falco. Yeah, because I, it, was a, I, it was a Falco Murray head conversation. <laughs> I mean, I I know you had to expand on that story, but I was comfortable with just imagining you guys like shaking hands, and then the first thing <laughs> Dave said was, "You ever seen Amadeus?" <laughs> <laughs> did you did he did he rock you? Baby yeah, Dave. See, yeah. Hey, you ever seen Amadeus? 1984 best picture. <laughs> and I'm like 18. That's something <laughs> shitty I probably would have said. To uh, at 15, so. it, no, if you saw me in my varsity jacket at 15, you're like this culture. Oh, before that, yeah, before that, old, I wouldn't even have tried. Yeah, this old culture motherfucker probably hasn't seen Amadeus. Yeah, I, bet, I definitely thought that. swine yeah. like, with yeah. his track and field medals. Yeah. I bet he's never even seen Amadeus. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know, Tom Holtz is outside of the Animal House, and he was right at the time. But no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you familiar with Tom Holtz's career outside of Animal House? Parentheses. Yeah, the answer would be no. But it's. This is a movie. It's so what I like about the movie. The reason why I was when I was doing some of the research is some of the interesting 
parts of the movie in terms of casting. Like Mark Hamill was supposed to play Mozart because he did play him in the stage play in Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Some fa- you know, but but they didn't want to because Luke. It was still it was a couple years. He after was still Re- Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah we're just like, like a year removed of Return Skywalker. of the Jedi at that yeah. point. A couple years. Well, kudos Mark Hamill for trying to get out of that. No, absolutely. I mean, that would have. I think he would have been great. Honestly, yeah. like I've heard him laugh as the Joker. I I'll cut it in here, but the laugh Amadeus's laugh is something that is very memorable about the movie. So it would have been cool to hear him have to try to do that, knowing that he can actually laugh crazily. Yeah. So it's like a hallmark of the character. But I don't want to give it all away. You should just watch Amadeus. That's so fucking funny. (laughs) All right, so moving out of the under, uh, we're going to do the fair. I feel like the over is where we're going to get into the meat of a lot of discussion on this stuff. So we will talk about what is fair about the Oscars. And I feel like, I feel like, the fairest thing I can say about them is that they do matter. Like that was the the one thing I kept coming to. It's we will talk about some of the reasons why it might not be as important, like some of the over, but ultimately they are important. Like they they have they make conver- they lead conversation. They are a thing that people track. They're easy to track. There's tons of conversation about it in like writing th- historically through, you know, every sort of outlet. And then the internet age has made it a lot easier to talk to more people about it and people can share their opinions about that stuff. Um, it, it also includes, that also includes like raising the profile of movies that don't win, you know, because there's, there's a lot of discussion year to year about what should be nominated. And that was harder to have person to person in like the 80s and 90s. But now that we're here and now, yeah. you can talk about movies that weren't nominated the same day the nominations come out with like a thousand people if you felt like Oh, it. yeah. I was on Twitter because I was up and watching uh, the nominations roll in and I was tweeting about it a little bit and reading some of the tweets and people are like, here's my nominations. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, here's my list of things that should have actually been nominated and things that were, I don't think there was too much uh, uproar about best picture, but there was a little bit of buzz and uh, kind of groans in the room about like best director and stuff like that this year. But yeah, I mean, Twitter was all over it. So I was, reading into that a little bit and people can talk to each other and and bitch and complain about what they think should have been nominated versus what they think should not have been nominated and yeah Yeah, it's the conversation is constant like the 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 coolest thing i think about that too and what i again i it's a personal thing that i think is cool but what i think is like fair to say is that it's uh it does a great job of getting the word out there about some of these movies even if people haven't seen them so there's a there's a there's a whole history of movies having really limited runs and then getting re-released once these movies are nominated for an award. I was just telling you on the way over here that Jojo Rabbit has been re- released back in the theaters, or at least I saw a, an advert on TV that said it had. Um, and when we went and saw that, which was just a few weeks ago, it was only playing in like one theater near us, an AMC theater, because they do some of those like art house type runs. Mm-hmm. Um, Jojo Rabbit was. So that's where Dave and I went and saw it. But it was not playing in like any of the regular theaters, but it's back in it now because it got nominated for Best Picture. Same thing what happened with Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, yeah. yeah because toward the end of December, I was trying to find it. I couldn't find it. It was one theater. And then when Dave was like, I was telling him, like, I haven't seen it. And then he's, oh, it's playing now. And I'm like, oh, well, duh, it was probably re-released. Yeah. Didn't yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about that aspect of it. But it was playing four or five different theaters locally before it wasn't. So 
But I, I do like that aspect of it because for somebody like where you guys are, Lacey, I think you and I are more the casual movie viewers compared yeah. to, to Dave. That is something that I really could appreciate, especially with you look at how many movie or movie theaters there were in the 70s and 80s. It's very limited to what it is now because based off technology, movie theaters then were like in the like 2000s, 2000s. There wasn't as many movie theaters as there are now. There's like Fair to say, Dave? I mean, there was, I mean, yes and no. Like, there was less, there were less big budget movies to see at a time, so movies ran longer. So, like, there was, there was the opportunity to see a movie was easier because it would be in a theater for months, even if it didn't make a ton of money. Like, not all of them. Some of them bombed and were gone. But, you know, like, think of, like, when Jurassic Park came out when we were kids. That movie ran in a theater for, like, a year. So that doesn't happen now. Yeah. You know, it's there's too much turnover. There's too much next thing. You're constantly trying to push the new movies. But there are more ways to see them now. Like, if, if it's not just giant theaters, because there are many more, like, multiplexes. Yes. That's, you yeah. know? But there are a lot of tiny theaters, like, really small, independent-run, single-screen, two-screen theaters that might show more of these movies. Like, they have a lot of prestige stuff or independent things, you know? Like, there's... There are many more ways to get to those movies than there were historically, so it feels like there are more for sure in that sense. Yes. Yeah, and it's just because like, I, like the screen. I'm sorry, I should have said by screens. That's what I should have said instead of sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, tomato, tomato. Yeah. <laughs> but um, in yeah, and, and in thinking about that, like it's it's cool that we have the opportunity to have these discussions. And I think what is also fair to say about this, though, is that it has the caveat of it is good that the Oscars create the conversation around a lot of these movies. But what is also fair, and this is kind of where we did touch on this a little bit, we're not going to try to go out of our way to hammer this home. But what is fair to also say about the Oscars is that inclusion is a problem. Like representation is an issue that this that they have historically and it is an issue that they continue to have. Like there's, you know, whenever these nominations get get announced, the trending hashtags of like Oscars so white and shit like yep. that come up because it's valid. Like whether or not you agree is sort of secondary to the fact that it is true. These, as we touched on in Oscar bait and stuff, a lot of the same movies get nominated all of the years because that's what works. It is, it is disheartening that smaller films or more varied films don't get the same appreciation as something to use Rogers, Steven Spielberg made because you know, Steven Spielberg get nominated. He always gets nominated. Like I'm not saying that these movies are bad. It doesn't, it's not an, it's not a reflection of the quality of what is nominated because 80% of the time, most of these movies are very good and should be nominated. Even I can, I can stretch this too, to even like as a lot of uh, a big thing that has happened in the past few years of people complaining about big budget, like genre stuff not being nominated like you heard it this year with everybody bitching about endgame not being nominated for best picture yeah it's i'm not going to tell you that i think it should be but the conversation is worth having right like it's definitely worth having for stuff that is considered genre fiction film like maybe they don't get represented enough i feel like they might but it's also fair to have the conversation about smaller things like and individual efforts like a movie that is specifically made by a woman for an issue that may only curtail two women like there you need to have more voices because there are so many and as you had touched on Lacey, there is 
a lack of diversity even internationally. Like, yeah, there are other awards. Like, this is something that I think would be interesting to bring up now. There's more than just the Oscars. Sure, you know, like there's awards for everything all over the fucking world. Other countries have their own versions of the Oscars yeah. for movies made domestically. You know, like Spain has the Goyas. China has the Golden Roosters. Like they, they all have their own version of the Oscars. In addition to film festivals and, you know, it, uh, independently run things that people just do of their own volition. Like I'm a, a theater giving an award to these filmmakers. Like they all have these things. But if you want to claim that you are the bastion of filmmaking and you are the the towering pinnacle of all that is film, you need to adjust your parameters accordingly. Right. You can't say that you are the most prestigious award. And not include everything. It's important. Right. Yeah. I was just, what I wanted to expand on a little bit is I'm not saying that like, how do I word this? That I don't think that the Academy Award is the bastion. I don't think that it is because of those closed off parameters. That's what's keeping me. Right. Because they definitely think that. Yeah, but that's that's my problem with it is I would like to see them open those parameters a little bit more and take more consideration instead of just having like cuz when movies are released throughout the year like you can pretty much pinpoint what is going to like you can pinpoint down to a certain pool of movies that are going to get an Oscar nomination. You know what I mean? Like you it's it's pretty predictable. Like there was a few in here that I said I, I was kind of surprised at. Like, I was kind of surprised by Ford versus Ferrari. I know there was a lot of talk about the two popes, um, and that didn't get nominated. So, like, there's speculation around certain things, and um, I would just like to see it be more of a surprise. Like, oh, this random film from Sweden got nominated that I've not heard of? I would like to watch that now because I have not heard of that. You know, right. like l- open my eyes a little and bit. And that's more, where you know? that's where they put their best foreign film award in. You know what I mean? But one can't. I mean, I know. I agree. It's limited you know? though, right? Yeah. Because then you're taking one category to represent the fucking world, right? Like the rest of the world. Yeah, and it and everyone's not going to get in. Like I understand that every movie can't be nominated, but I feel like for best picture, you should consider more movies. Sure. It's like when you hear the world, when you hear the term World Series in baseball, and it's two teams yeah. in America. It's, right. But even you talk something that I thought was fascinating was is that you you've talked about this before. You love for French movies and and film genre and, and same thing with Japanese movies. But it feel it, to me at least, it feels that these genres are just some of it's taking lightly cues of it, and then you see them in Academy Award movies or award winners or nominees years later. Instead of where the original movie they came from, you know what I mean. So, yeah. like for example, the late '60s had a huge influence from French movies from the mid '60s, early '60s. If those are such great movies and held high regard by these directors and producers, how come they're not named as a movie? You know what I mean? Like if if we are and Americans are always notorious for this. I mean, Three's Company. I think there's all these sitcoms that were ripped. The Office comes to mind where we take an idea and make it our own. And I feel in some ways the Oscars is similar in the sense that we take styles and you see that reflected on certain movies that come out where they took a style that originally originated from somewhere else. They're like, well, we can make it better. How about, you know, give reference to the original source? You can take these things and adapt them and make them palatable to American audiences. But the, the fear is that if you do that too much, you're shutting off 
the perception, as we had alluded to with Parasite earlier, that these movies aren't valid the way they're made. And like, with Parasite, they're doing an HBO adaptation, I right. believe, of it. Like, I believe he's involved, at least. Still, so, like, I agree. Like, like I know. I get it. I know. I'm no, not trying to argue with you. You're not wrong, though, because like this movie exists, and it's perfectly good on its own. It's not something that should have to be adapted for you to appreciate. Now, I'm not saying that's the case with Parasite. Right. He, in his mind, he may want to adapt it because he knows it will get to more people that yeah, way. Yeah, he wants so to. So if there's a way, yeah, if there's a way that he is still involved in the process and he can put his voice through this to filter it in a way that he will convey the message of the movie and his filmmaking to an American audience or to a Western audience, okay, great. But the movie is still great, like, and it's, it merits viewing now before it's adapted into anything. So it's tricky, right? Like, there's... It's a loaded situation on both sides because I do feel like sometimes we are a little more hand-wringing about some of it than we are other things. Like I'm not as much I'm not as much in the camp of the best picture should be wider all the time because I I think having less nominees is better, mm-hmm. but I also think they should do more to encourage more variance among the nominees. Yeah. I want to see this more top-down like Best actress, best actor, oh, best yeah, yeah, director. Yeah. Like For these sure. need to be widened. Yeah. That is the biggest issue. So we're not gonna we're not gonna go too far into that right now because we are talking about the best picture Oscar. But it is important to the best picture Oscar also. Like it is a I think it is it's a fair problem. criticism yes. though, yeah. Yeah. I, I I feel like it's a fair thing to at least consider when you're talking about the Oscars, that while it doesn't have to be driving all of the conversation and it shouldn't, it definitely needs to be mentioned. It's it's important. And I feel, you know, as a person of color myself, I feel like more stories should be told. Like I yeah, want to see absolutely. more stories. I I feel that way too. I think I I it, movies to me are like slices of life, a lot of them, and I don't understand why I always have to watch the same damn slices over and over again. I said this about The Irishman recently when I started watching The Irishman, like. I'm so fucking sick of watching Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci be mobsters right. in a Martin Scorsese film. <laughs> like, as I kind of felt like I was just watching a movie I've watched before. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or like a bunch of them all cobbled together. Yeah, I was going to say, just, they are I, at least part yeah. pastiche. Of there was a movies. lot of, um, this year, people were annoyed because of the Best Director nominations. There was no women in the Best Director nominations. Right. I don't have them in front of me to see exactly who got nominated. But, like, also Little Women got nominated, was directed by um, Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. And, but it got nominated for Best Picture, best but picture, not, best not director. Best Director. Yeah. Same thing with, did Parasite get directed or get nominated for Best Director? Yes. Okay, cool. That's nice. But still, I don't know. Yeah, there's, a pr- there's definitely a problem there. And I would venture to say that I suspect that that problem might be the demographics of the people who are voting. It would seem that way. I mean, there's a certain there's a certain amount of credence to give to that. You know, so anyway, I mean, we don't have to spend too much time on this. It is what it is. Right. I, that, that's that's yeah. sort of another thing that's fair. That's actually the last thing I have written here about that point. Mm-hmm. It's not that it is not that I don't agree that these things should happen. But another another fair assessment of the Oscars is kind of like you get what you get because that's what it is. Like, I'm I'm not saying that's good. You should complain if you are. If you are inclined to do so, you should voice your opinion. It's there it's to be voiced. It is a fair criticism to have. But the Oscars are ultimately what the fucking Oscars are. They're the same people nominating the same things all the fucking time. If you don't want to believe that any of this has any merit, don't. Like, yeah. I totally support that. If you also are of the mind, like I am inclined, that these are at least 
integral to how film is perceived in America and is good because of that, like it's at least partially good that these exist, then you can believe that too. Partially like, good is probably where I would... It, it's a good descriptor <laughs> for me. Partially yeah. good. Like, yeah, I'm not going to sneeze at any of these films, but I also know that there's other stuff out there yeah. that doesn't get the recognition it deserves. It's hard. I mean, it's hard. But that's that's a different conversation, yeah. like, ultimately. Way off the rails. Um, before we get any further off the rails, because we prob- I think we are going to in the yeah. next segment, oh, yeah. we're going to take a break before we jump into the over. And... Yeah, we'll we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, uh, pause for station identification. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I just want to take a second to talk to you about the rest of the Make Fun Family of shows, including our newest edition, Kitty Cat Pause Cast, uh, Anachronismo, This Rules, This Sucks, and the flagship Top 5 of Death, in addition to us at Over Under Fair. Everybody has a lot of great stuff for you there, and on our Facebook group, which is the Make Fun Network Facebook group, so check us out there and join in the conversation. So if you haven't already, take a chance to check out the rest of the shows and subscribe to them on your favorite podcatcher. And on with the show. Welcome back to our discussion on the merit, or sometimes lack thereof, the Academy Award for Best Picture. All right, you guys, we've gone through a lot. This is the second half of the show. We've saved it all for the over. And I know what you're thinking. You talk about overrated and underrated things a lot, Dave. You haven't really talked about that too much. We will, dear listener. Don't worry. Your, our overrated takes are coming very soon. But before we get to that, <laughs> let me drag it out a little longer. Because we got more stuff to talk about. So, heading into the over, I think I want to start with something I feel is... Something I feel is becoming more of a known quantity, but something that I feel historically may have been overlooked. And that is the sheer amount of money that goes into actually getting nominated for Academy Awards. So this is not isolated to Best Picture, but for the sake of our argument, we will talk specifically about it. Oscar campaigning is something that doesn't get discussed as broadly, but I feel like it, for because we're here to, to talk about these things, we're going to talk about it a bit today. So there is, there's no mystique to the idea that marketing is not integral to making your movie succeed, right? Like if you don't spend the amount of money to advertise a movie, it's not going to get seen. Like it's, it's just true. There will be an audience for it. There always is audiences for things small and large, just on the virtue of a name being attached to it or the idea seeming interesting. But if you don't get out there and put your movie marketed correctly, it'll probably fail. Like it happens. Sometimes you overmarket it. People don't want to see it because they don't want to fucking see it. You've talked about it too much. Sure. The same is true for Oscar nominations. So the campaigning is a little more it's a little more clandestine because we are not privy to seeing it because the the targeting the ads are targeted directly to academy voters and the people around that. So like when they send screeners and things, oftentimes they will also screener for if you don't know is like a copy of a movie digitally or physically that gets sent out to people that vote in the populace of the academy voting. And a lot of times with that or before it, you will get ads put in like variety or, you know, some Hollywood trade stuff that are specifically saying like, hey, this movie is great. You should consider it for nomination for a lot of stuff. Also, actors X, Y and Z are great. Consider them for nominations for things. The amount of money (laughs) that producers, 
and actors and directors and just film people in general pour into this is embarrassing. Like just to get these movies nominated. So there's a there's an analogy to be made here about circle jerking again, like we have previously yeah. made. But Come it is full circle. Yeah, full circle jerk. It is bananas. I'm I'm talking millions of dollars are spent by production houses and by companies and things to advertise these movies just to Academy voters, just to have them nominated. Not even to win necessarily, just to be considered. And frankly, I find that fucking abhorrent. But what are you going to do, I guess? Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of, like you said, comes full circle to everything that we've been talking about. If a film doesn't have the money, if it's a smaller production, like, why did these pictures get an edge? Did I just call it a picture? Yeah, you did. (laughs) See, kid? (laughs) Why do you think your picture deserves an edge? Um, (laughs) Yeah. The moving pictures. Can you please put your cigar out? (laughs) The cloud of smoke. Oh, sorry. Yeah, see? I'll just go ahead and snuff this out over here, (laughs) and then I'll continue about my business. Have your secretary come and clean it up. Yeah, so I could slap her ass on the way out. (laughs) That is acceptable in this time period. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I don't understand why... Yeah, it just that's that muddies the waters for me a little bit more. Oh, it, yeah, it gives it makes I didn't even know that this was a thing until you brought it up in preparation for this show. If I'm being honest, I had no idea. I knew that you had to submit work to be considered. Like, I know that it wasn't just up to the academy to like seek out stuff and be like, yo, we thought that was pretty good. You know, I, I understand that you have to submit works for that, but. D- the money and the the whole thing of like lobbying for it to be nominated is just makes it even more gross to me. It makes it even less special, seemingly. So I mean, yeah, it's that's that's kind of why I feel that this is such an overrated thing, you know. Right. That that's what that's part of what makes it complicated in my mind to give too much credence to the the prestige of a best picture winner. Yeah. Because in some cases, not all, I don't want to say all, but in some cases, it's pretty blatant that this movie it is not the best picture. Oh, we're going to talk about it. But it won. Like, yeah. and I'm thinking specifically because there is a very, very, very good example of this mm-hmm. in Shakespeare in Love. Uh, yeah. Best picture winner in 1997. It is notorious, the campaigning that went on for this movie for every award it was nominated for at the behest of... A disgraced film mogul Harvey Weinstein who put all of his power and money into getting this movie all of the accolades that it got Shakespeare in Love is a thoroughly mediocre movie it is completely inoffensive it's fine it's I mean I'd even say it might be watchable but barely it's just a movie that happens and it's totally okay the fact that this movie beat out the other things it beat out and I yeah, I'm fucking I'm going to edit this part out too Elizabeth, Life is Beautiful. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, it's 98. By uh, the my, way. my fault. It released yeah. in 97. So, yeah, 98. Yeah. The Thin Red Line. Yeah. Like, all of those movies have a better chance at being an actual best picture. Life is Beautiful, maybe not, but close enough. Uh, Shakespeare in Love, though, taking the trophy home that year was so fucking offensive. Like, on a level that it's difficult. It's even harder now to appreciate or to respect it given what we know about Harvey Weinstein sure, and yeah. like what was 
potentially some of the reasoning behind Gwyneth Paltrow getting a whole lot of push in this time. Yeah. That's fucking disturbing by itself, allegedly. Allegedly, fuck you. But it's it sucks, right? Because then you really do have to question. It makes you wonder, like, looking backwards and forwards, like, how many of these movies are bought? Like, you don't want to just put it right down to that specifically, but in this case, it was. Like, it's it's a story that's been told more than once through Hollywood circles. The This is the first time I became aware of it, to be fair, too, also. The, per- yeah. the first time I found out about this was, as I was a very nerdy teenager, uh, was reading in variety and also reading some of the nascent internet web groups I was a part of mm-hmm. where there was discussion about the validity of Shakespeare and love getting all the nominations it got that year and finding out about Harvey Weinstein and who he was and why he was so powerful. Like, cause this dude, it's really hard to put into specific terms just how much power Harvey Weinstein had as a producer at the time of his height yeah. In like the 90s, mid 90s. Well, his name's on so many things. Yeah, dude. Harvey He's Weinstein involved. has a he hand in producing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Famous stuff. Even smaller stuff, but Harvey Weinstein made Quentin Tarantino. Like it's that kind of thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like where you you associate a name with a person and you could do that for a lot of different people. But Harvey Weinstein is like above most of them. You know what I mean? Like he has all the money and all the power and willed this movie into winning. Like it's pretty blatant. And uh, yeah, it does. It does a lot to hurt the prestige of an award that is supposed to be prestigious. Roger, I, you got anything? I was just gonna say the. No, I was just gonna wait for you to finish because I wanted no. Go to, ahead, uh, say something. The one, the thing about the harvesting, wine, the, I have a hard time understanding why because there was so much like cler- he did clerks, he did all that stuff, he did some of the independent stuff before that movie. So why this movie did he push so hard? Well, that's where he cut his teeth. This was kind of a. I don't want to call it a coming out party, but this is closer to the time that he would have been really on the come up. Like he already has money. He has prestige, but with him getting an Oscar win at such a high level, because as a producer, he's going to take the Oscar. Like that's something we hadn't mentioned. Producers are the names attached to the best picture winners. So like Brad Pitt has an Oscar, but not for any acting. He won an Oscar for 12 years of slave for producing it. So like he would then have an Oscar under his belt to be able to say, I am Harvey Weinstein Academy award winner. So that's like, it's a token thing. Like, it's a power thing. You know what I mean? All right. So it's, he was well established enough to be able to get away with it at the time, but then became even more established because I won an Academy Award, even though they all knew that it was like bought for for lack of a better word. Like, it's baffling. So that knowing this, if I say this to you now, how does that, how does that in turn affect your viewing of how best picture like the best picture winners does that do anything to tarnish their legacies yeah it does i mean because i i look at some of the travesties that happened with even ni- the year before the 1997 with titanic like i've never understood the i watched i finally watched titanic a couple years ago i still don't get how that movie won the best picture considering the, as good as it gets which i i like the movie a lot the full monty's a good movie too good will hunting but L.A. Confidential, that movie, in any I, other... I know that you like L.A. Confidential. Yeah, in any other movie... There was a time when I first met you, and you said, hey... I said, hey, have you seen Amadeus? <laughs> and you said, no, have you seen L.A. Confidential? And I said, yes, because I had... Yeah, and you were like, are you guys... <laughs> and that was the exact conversation we had, <laughs> circa when, 2000. Rogers you know, William... in his Letterman jacket. Yeah, yeah. you know, William Crowell is uh, <laughs> really good as uh, in that movie, too. But uh, no, that, I always thought... There was something weird about it. There's some sort of money thrown around. And like you were talking about Forrest Gump, 
uh, before the or during the break. We're talking about that and some of the movies that <laughs> we'll talk against, about it a bit more. Yeah, but, but it's to me even like even at, in the nineties and when I was in high school, I just thought that was a lot of it was strange. But I didn't know how it all works. I had no real rhyme or reason to understand it too. But even like the English patient, everybody. There's jokes like popular culture jokes about the English patient at the time, yeah, yeah, and the Seinfeld episode about it, and yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a lot of that stuff, and then later on when I've watched movies like Fargo and even like the, the other movie Shine, I, I get kind of like, what was their thinking behind it? And, and I didn't. Now it makes all sense now. Yeah, I, I can't speak to how far this goes. Like, I, I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every single award has been bought because that's that's a misnomer. But it is, I think it does a lot to public perception, though, of how people see these when they know this much money goes into determining something sometimes. Like, it's it's not for nothing that they spend this much money. It can't be meaningless, right? Like, right. there has to be some proof in the pudding. Like, at some point, this money is going towards something that they think will work, and it clearly has. So it is, I think, something that I said is, is kind of overlooked is that these, I think some of the perception of this gets gets watered down a bit when you consider how much money is put into campaigning for them. Like it makes it feel a little less special. And that's, I think that ties directly to the points you're making earlier about inclusion. Like it's difficult for smaller stuff to even be considered when you know, they don't have that kind of force. Like they can't put the money behind it because they're small. Like that's the very virtue of being a smaller studio. Doesn't mean it wasn't as good. Sure. Absolutely. Didn't have the money to throw at it. Which that's kind of what, like I said, muddies the waters for me. Makes me kind of side eye it. I don't. I certainly don't think that you know a lot of these films, uh, uh, most of them, I'd say, with um, excluding the handful that we're about to talk about when we dive into over (laughs) or over uh, rated category. But I, I don't think that most of these films are bad or undeserving of like credentials. Sure. But I do, like I said, I know that there's so much more out there that, e- like, I've never heard of. I'm a casual movie watcher, you know, and a lot of what comes onto my radar is, like, for example, um, I heard a lot of buzz about, like, Marriage Story and The Irishman, and those were available on Netflix. So I sat down and I watched them. I would have never tried to watch those movies had I not heard about them, you know, with, like, award seasons and stuff coming up. So... I want to know what else is out there that I'm missing because it's just not getting the attention that it deserves, especially with something like Best Picture, you know, because it doesn't have the money. Yeah, it's funny, though, but that's that's the proof right there. Right. Like we saw that these movies were nominated for things and we watched them. Exactly. Yeah. This works. You know, like the the process of having things be nominated is enough for some people. Now, there are movies that I have seen, you know, when Academy, when the awards season comes around mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, well, you should see this. And I do not because I see them and think that does not look interesting. Yeah, but, no, I'm never going to watch Ford vs. Ferrari. Sure. Like, never. I mean, yeah, as an example, sure. Like, it's it's not something that piques my interest. But there are other movies like, like Marriage Story where I had it recommended to me and I'm like, well, maybe I'll get around to it. And then like a week later, it got all of these nominations for awards, yeah. you know, the Golden Globes and then the Oscars. And then I was like, well, I guess I have to watch it. Like, it's something I would watch, you know, as a movie. Maybe, I don't know. My feelings on Noah Baumbach are not important to our conversation, but 
it's important at least to the concept. I would have watched it now because it was nominated for all these things and it piqued my interest. Right. Because it was the type of movie that I am inclined to watch. I'm also glad that I watched it because miserable and yelling at each now other. I'm a, now I'm a Scarlett Johansson <laughs> mega fan. Oh um, man. After seeing her in this and Jojo Rabbit yeah, this we, year. Yeah, we don't we're not going to have a chance to like go too hard on this, but uh, ScarJo has to win one of these awards. She's, she's nominated twice this year for Marriage Story and JoJo. I hope to God fucking she does. Take them both for all I care. Seriously, she's fucking I, phenomenal. I only ever thought of her as being like Meh, Black Widow or whatever, you know. And yeah. I'd seen her in a few other things. Like I saw her in that Match Point Woody Allen movie sure. that was fine or whatever. She was fine in that. But like this, these two movies, I was like, I knew she was like good. Like she was a perfectly tolerable actress to me. But like I didn't know she was great, and yeah. she is great. Same. So, same, same, and yeah, same. Yeah, just like have our little ScarJo fangirl moment yeah. here. Yeah, so we had that. That's out of the way. Okay. Not overrated, Scarlett Johansson, but that might be a different episode. Wah, wah, wah. But while we're here, um, something else that I think is a bit overblown, the notion that big budget movies aren't nominated. So this has changed a bit because before it, the, the, the connotation was like, oh, movies that are popular don't always get nominated for Best Picture. Like, Back to the Future didn't get nominated for Best Picture. Well, no, it didn't. Whoopie but, you know, do, that's honestly. fine. That's fine, though. But within a given year, popular movies get nominated for awards literally all the time. Like, big budget movies. Titanic being a very good example of this. Titanic broke all of the records the year it came out. It was nominated for 12 awards. Like, yeah. no one shied away from nominating Titanic for fucking everything. Even going back even further... So Rain was, Man in 1988 was a movie that literally was the number one grossing movie of 1988. Rain Man. It got nominated for all the fucking awards. Like, it doesn't have to be prestigious and to not make money. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Star Wars 1977, Jaws 1975. Those were movies that were... Jaws, I mean, Jaws was considered a big budget Jaws is movie. like the birth yeah. of genre yeah. big budget movies. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, so this is... This is not true. Like, I, I want to say categorically, it is not fucking true that successful Hollywood films do not get nominated for Academy Awards, for Best Picture Awards specifically. They I fucking do. A lot of people, I think, in the recent years are just salty because a lot of superhero yes. films and are getting overlooked. And that yeah. is what changed. It, it changed because the paradigm shifted. No longer was Jaws the thing that was opening and being the most successful movie. It was whatever iteration of a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie it was right. that year. Whatever five of them. You know, Iron Man 2, 3, fucking Ant-Man. Any movie that opened, you know, they were all great. And they all should have been nominated for awards. Like, step down, guys. I, I appreciate you. I I also like these movies. I understand that they are important to you. But they're not all great. Like, it just can't happen. They can't all be given these rec- this recognition just because. Right, like, just because they're you have to do more. Hits. Yeah. You know? And the, hilariously... When Black Panther was nominated for Best Everybody Picture. Everybody was mad. Right. Because then it was, oh, it's being forced on us. Oh, this isn't even that good. Oh, it's about diversity. If the Oscars cared about diversity, they would have nominated more things before this that weren't Black Panther. Like, they don't care. They should care more, but they don't. Black Panther could very well have been a tip of the hat of like, well, people yelled at us enough, so we'll do this. Like, I don't want to make it sound shitty, but the year Halle Berry won an Academy Award, a lot of that happened that year of like oh well black people exist too we should probably nominate them for things yeah so because monsters ball again thoroughly mediocre movie mostly mediocre performance Allie Berry, great actress it is what it is like scene that's this stuff happens you know and you know i i don't know where you draw the line like you got what you asked for it it was a great movie i think black panther's great i liked it it a lot you know it 
it definitely had all the hallmarks of the things you're asking for. Like, it's a big budget movie. It's a Marvel property. It's all of the things that were. But I guess because it wasn't like the third Avengers movie, fuck yeah. it. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, you you have to take it where you get it. Can't have your cake <laughs> like, and eat it too kind of thing. Kind of, like, A superhero yeah. movie got nominated. Also, like, the wasn't the Dark Knight nominated for yeah. a bunch of awards? Yeah. Was it nominated for Best Picture? I don't recall. But it, I mean, it got a lot of nods. And, you know, I... I just think that people have a really big attachment to these to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the last 10 years or so. And yes, Endgame, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a very good movie. I quite enjoyed myself watching it. I've enjoyed myself watching the last handful of MCU uh, movies. But I, I, I was so pissed when people were like, sneezing at Black Panther because it got nominated. Like, you wanted superhero movies to get nominated. This was, like, a fresh take. It was a character that we weren't oversaturated with. Absolutely. You know, Black Panther. I'd never even heard of Black Panther, the superhero, until this movie started coming out. And it had a huge cultural impact. You can't deny that. You know, It had a huge cultural impact. And made all the fucking money. (laughs) Very important movie for a lot of people. And I thought it was a good flick. I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. I wasn't mad that it got nominated. I thought it was kind of cool. But yeah, I mean, you can argue whether or not that was just like a tip of the hat or a like, okay, fine, we'll do it. What you know, we don't know the reasoning behind that. But but even if it is, if, it was that. It, yeah, Be fucking happy that it happened. I that mean, means it could happen again. People have, like I said, yeah, people have been complaining that superhero movies aren't getting nominated, and then oh, I guess it just wasn't the right one that got nominated. Exactly. So that's what it boils down to. And I'm. I'm not taking personal shots at people. Like, love what you love, but I am. Ulti- <laughs> but ultimately, Shots like, fired. it's it has to it has to start somewhere. And if it starts with Black Panther getting recognized, embrace that. Like, that's a good first step. If what you think if you think these movies can translate to being both successful financially and important, then show them in good faith that that is something that is good. When these movies get nominated, don't spend an hour yelling about it. How terrible it is that it's nominated. Be happy it's fucking nominated. Like, that's a huge deal. It should have been and was, correctly, a big deal to a lot of people. And I thought it was a big deal, too, as someone who didn't think it deserved a Best Picture nomination. Not because it was the wrong one, just because I didn't think it was as good as the other movies that were nominated that year. But what are you going to do? Like, it is what it is. I mean, ultimately, again, that's just tying into what I'm saying, though. Just, like, it's overblown. There is no direct correlation to a movie being successful financially and not being nominated like it doesn't it's it's just not true and in some cases it actually impacts them positively a movie being nominated it's not it's not wholesale across the board but a lot of movies see a spike in their box office being nominated for awards like yeah. it's just true yeah we talked you know? about it like i said jojo rabbit's back in theaters now yeah i watched the irishman and what well, i mean i don't know that doesn't really matter but i watched the irishman and marriage story just because they got nominated and I wanted to see what the fuss was about. Never going to see the Joker, but <laughs> that's a different conversation. But it got a lot more eyes on it, but it yeah. by the virtue of being nominated for a Best Picture Award. Like, it already had a bunch of buzz and then people that didn't see it were like, maybe I should see this. It must be important. Like, it's it's wild the way that works, but it actually works. So, like, that's what I was saying at the very beginning. I think people kind of overlook the fact that these are as important as they are. Like, it might not be fair that they are this important, but they're more important to people individually than they let on yeah just because of the conversation around them. i agree but yeah that's a 
that's just a bit on that. Like I, that's it feels like a personal rant, but yeah, man. Like successful movies get nominated for Academy Awards. It's just true. Like especially specifically in the case of Best Pictures. Roger, did you have anything else on that before we move on? Uh, also, you gotta forget your Toy Story three comes to mind too. That was a quote unquote popular movie. Absolutely, and that's nothing that you would consider in most most cases a. Oscar movie, something even along the lines of like District Nine. Or how? Oh my God! Yeah, District Nine. Avatar got yeah. nominated for Best Picture. Like, yeah. So did Bohemian Rhapsody last year. Yeah, and we had a one. very you know chunky segment in our last episode about <laughs> about how Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't really that good. So go check that episode out because we go on a rant about that. Inception, yeah. like, also jumps to mind as like a genre movie that was super successful. The Lord of the Rings. Every Lord of the Rings movie was nominated. Yeah. One and, of and them won. Yeah, the Return of the King did <laughs> yeah. in 2003. Yeah. So, Appropriately, because that was the best one. Oh, I'm, I'm two towers. What? I'm two towers all day. We're yeah. no longer friends. I am, oh, no way, man. Two towers. Uh, if you say you, if you say fellowship, this breaks up. No, I, I, I've only seen, I only seen the I only seen the first one, and I fell asleep through the second one. Oh, so he's just he's just <laughs> he's saying, just I don't care. He's yeah, just like, yeah, oh, pretty much. Those he's just like whatever hobbits. Yeah, the I read the, read the Hobbit. They can take the in. hobbits to Isengard. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the whole film trilogy into Mordor. Or whatever. Ba- babe, babe comes to mind. <laughs> I, no, that's a fair point though. Babe okay, is totally I a fair about point. Babe, a little bit yeah. with Dave before this show. It's a great movie, you guys. <laughs> like, I'm kind of glad that they nominated a movie about a talking pig that's aimed towards children. It was nominated for Best Picture the same year as Apollo 13 and Braveheart. Like, two super successful, highest grossing movies of the years. And Babe, like, is also in this conversation. This has been happening for longer than people think. Like, successful movies win and are nominated for Best Picture. It makes me sad that, like, Babe was nominated for Best Picture, and maybe somebody, like, lobbied with a lot of money to get that, like, (laughs) uh, movie nominated. Like, because we don't really know, like, which movies had, like, the push, like, the financial push. And um, that pig is probably dead now. Oh, yeah, that pig's been dead a long time. And it's... I'm not going to go into a rant about animal exploitation. Same thing with War Horse. The, the stars of these films never got nominated. Babe the Pig never got nominated. They over What an Oscar snub for Little Hamlet, Little Hammy, and uh, probably like there's probably like six pigs playing probably, the same yeah. role. You do realize you know? the producer probably ate them all. Like oh, that's what no. happened. Like, oh, that's. Sorry, I'm sorry. All right, everybody, it's the rat party. There's yeah. just a fucking roasted pig in the middle. Of the <laughs> all bay six bay pigs, bay. all six pigs used. I would literally die. I would. We die. made our sacrifice to the. Go- we made our sacrifice uh, to the gods. Now the gods are happy. We got an Oscar oh my God. nomination. I, Roger, you know when we arrived here at the studio, you you did a nice thing and you bought me a burrito and specifically made it a veggie burrito. And now you've turned around, and you. <laughs> And nah. you're just ruining my day with I like promise pig it's not a purpose. talk. <laughs> I promise it's not it's not for uh a purpose, if you will. But no, there's uh, been there's yes. numerous cases like that yes, too. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, so there is no direct correlation. Right. Raiders of the Lost Ark too, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, guys, it's not true. E. T. Fucking giant E. T. Man. Fucking Ooh. box office destroying films get nominated for Best Picture. It's it's just not happening for all of the Tootsie. superhero movies you love. Tootsie. It will continue to happen. Yep. Don't worry. Whatever next phase of the MCU will definitely get an Oscar nomination. It will. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm going to call it now. There will be another Best Picture MCU nominee. I hope Even it's Moon Knight. I hope it's been... Moon Knight. 
Hasn't there been Moon like Knight. a few directors and filmmakers like Martin Scorsese? Who else was it that have been going out of their way to just talk about how sure. the MCU was not cinema? Yeah, yeah. You know, fuck and that's, you. Honestly. That's a conversation for a different day. I don't agree with that sentiment, which will surprise a lot of people. I don't agree with the sentiment that they are not cinema because I fucking hate that notion. Like, yeah. it's all film. We should all enjoy it the way we enjoy it. Fuck you. Yeah. Exactly. I can agree with the notion that I feel like some people to put too much of themselves into how these movies are perceived. Like, you can enjoy these movies and you can say it's like, oh, I use these. Like, these are my identity. Like, I love Marvel stuff, right? You're a hardcore right. Marvel fan. Okay, fair. But if someone tells you that they don't like these movies and they are not indicative to them of what movies should be, then just let them say that. Like, maybe they're wrong. That's fine. Dial it the fuck down. That's where I jump off. Like, I can only defend you to the point where you are also being cognizant of it being an okay thing to disagree with you. But past that, you're being too fucking loud about it. Chill the fuck out. Like, that's ultimately what I'm trying to say. These movies are fine. They're all good in their way. I think some of them merit further discussion as being great. I will agree to this. Yeah. But it's just it's just different slightly. It's not what I want personally, but I do not begrudge them in that. I at just all. think people are so attached to these movies because they've been watching this saga unfold for, for so long. Now. And then not only that, but these are all characters that were established already. And if you're somebody who is into comic books or like sure. watching cartoons, you already had an attachment to these characters. Right. You know what I mean? So watching this story unfold and like investing so much of your time and energy into watching this long story that's been going on for 10 plus years now. Like, yeah, I could see how you're really attached to that. But like if people don't care like and don't think it's what a movie should be like, I'm not technically saying it's bad. Right. At the same token, your fandom should not be what defines you. I'm a fan of many, 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 many things. A hardcore fan of many, 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 many things. I have multiple fandoms to define myself. I don't die on one hill. You have to you have to parse that out. Like take your fandom and be real with it. You know what I mean? Some people are going to tell you these movies are bad because they think they're bad. That's totally okay. Just fucking ignore that person. It's not a huge deal. Dial it the fuck down, people. It's okay. Movies make money and they also get nominated for things. Long story short. Why don't we get to the meat of this? Then? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so we've we've been dancing around and we've been talking about this for a minute. So, there have been a lot of movies nominated. If you remember it, it was 554. And only 91 of them have won. So, among these 91, we talked about a couple that we felt were a little underrated. But what about Oscar winners that have been overrated in a given year? And I, man, we got thoughts. So I think we went in hard on Shakespeare and Love. <laughs> We've already discussed Shakespeare and Love. So, fun. we're going to leave that one yeah. on, on the We table. will not... We will not go through every goddamn year because there's 91 of them. We're not going to do that. But yeah, we've we already all, been here for a long yeah. ass time. We all have very personal feelings on some of these that I think we want to discuss. Roger, I want to start with you. What is an overrated Oscar winner and what should have won? Like, I want to do this for all of these. I will say for... <laughs> Give me a year or two when you do all it. All right, 1997, Titanic won. He really hates Titanic. Really don't like Titanic. <laughs> and what should have won, and I'm okay with this, as much as I love the other movie, as good as it gets, 
Really? That's the, I'm surprised. The Jack Nicholson Helen Hunt movie, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. You really thought that that was the best picture of 1997? Even I mean, if just these nominees, because there are, there are movies that they, they forget. Yeah. But just Goodwill, what's here. I mean, Goodwill Hunting is a good movie, and I think that would also... It did win Best Screenplay. Yes, it did. Famously. Yes. That could have also won, too, but as good as it gets is... I don't know, that's just kind of, kind of prime. Jack, Nichols, Jack Nicholson, towards the tail end of his primeness, is good. he's really good in that movie, and... It, Look, Ella Confidential is a good movie. Don't get me wrong. But I know that if the popular, I think the popular thing would have been, if if James Cameron wasn't tied to the Titanic, literally, I think that would not have won the movie. Best picture of the year. I really believe that. Do you like, do you think LA Confidential is a worse movie than As Good As It Gets, though? I mean, do this with your heart, man. We're fucking, uh, well, we're if, just we're, talking. if we're going to do, do it with my heart, then LA Confidential should have yeah, won. Man, yeah, man. Stand I mean, by what you love. I've never heard you talk about As Good As It Gets. I've had full yeah. conversations with you about LA Confidential. L, uh, okay. If I'm going to stand by, okay, if we're going to, for re editing purposes, no, <laughs> joking. I'm going to go with LA Confidential because Fuck yeah. it captures that period, especially because when you play Alan War for Xbox, where you video game fans, we do have a bunch of video game fans among us. That movie is, or that game is a true testament to LA Confidential. Getting this, getting that LA part of the 40 yeah. 50, the corruption down to a science. And, Capturing it really well. It almost feels like an adaptation. It like does. It's, it's very close. It's very close. It's. I mean, to me, I think that's one. Honestly, if you if we're gonna think about how many times that Russell Crowe's been in movies where he's been nominated for Oscars, that's one of them right there. He yeah. should be. It's such a great movie, and Kim Basinger is like kind of resurgence in this movie a little bit. Yeah, you can say what you want about Kevin Spacey playing a cop who ends up coming back around. But Guy Pierce, by the way, who after that did nothing. He was in Memento. Yeah, Memento. I mean, but that Rouse, counts. Yeah, but that movie over Titanic to me, I, I, I yeah. Don't tell care. me, talk about why Titanic is overrated. That's more important. The reason why I think Titanic is overrated is it plots in the story that could have, I mean, could have happened anytime, anywhere, like in terms of like monumental proportions, but just. The Celine Dion factor alone, but one and two, it's just it's so I don't know it's not good it's not it's not well acted it's I'm sorry I, I okay, can't, I'm I glad can't. you brought it up because that that's totally I'm with you on that Billy Zane you can't convince me that <laughs> Billy fucking Zane it scares anybody he's a putz he's a fucking putz you're gonna tell me he's the main antagonist in the movie get the fuck out of here it could have been John Lickow it could have been anybody but Billy Zane. Mr. Fucking Phantom himself. Yeah. Mr. Back to the Future sidekick motherfucker. <laughs> that guy is supposed to be the main guy supposed to be fear of in his fucking boat? Dude, Leonardo DiCaprio could have kicked his ass just like him and his boys could have took him over. And that was when Leo was like at the height of his like foppishness. Yeah. And he yeah. was super pretty boy. Yeah. Oh, well, just, yeah. Even then I would have taken him over Billy Zane. Though. Yeah. Over the heels of uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape. You know, like yeah. I would have taken that version of Leonardo DiCaprio would have kicked his fucking ass. <laughs> You know, with his hand things and all, like, you know, and like, uh, you would have jumped okay, through the sorry, no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> My, but it's also like, it's just to me, the whole, we already know what's going to happen to Titanic. It sank. I get it. Fine. <laughs> I get it. All right, cool. You're telling a story about one night in the Titanic. Oh you know, but it's, oh. I, I just think that James Cameron, all the buzz oh, afterwards, he, he invented movie techniques from this movie. Shut the fuck up. I think, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
you have more to say. No, the only thing I was going to say was I feel like they screwed him over for Terminator 2 in 91 or something like that. I just feel like they're, he was oh, owed something God. for this movie. It's not that good of a movie, folks. I don't care if you saw it in your high school, honey. That was a big thing in high school, too. Everybody was like, oh, my God. It totally was. Yeah. I, saw it, I, yep. I saw it three times in the theater. <laughs> not with three different men. I was like little at the time i was like tween at the time but yeah. i had a real crush on leonardo dicaprio well, sure. so i kept going you to have two it. eyes and a heart yeah i do <laughs> um roger i loved that because <laughs> i'm i i don't look back on titanic as fondly as i watched it you know as a as a like teenager or a tween or whatever you call it adolescent i i think a lot of this was because of the special effects because if you oh, watch 100%. it now, if you watch it now, they still look pretty good. I I think for for nineteen ninety seven, yeah, for a movie that is twenty years old, it does still look pretty fucking good. Considering what it was considered. out at the time, yeah, no, yeah, you're man, right. No, right. Like, nineteen ninety seven, um, CGI wasn't really like a big. Th- they the play, they yeah, did yeah. a lot of practical like things, and the way they film things was different than they do now, but. I think that those special effects, like the way they use them, because I find that if you look back on films from like 20 plus years ago that used a lot of special effects like this, they either look weird now to my eyes. They they went like overboard or they look super mechanical and stuff like that. They look pretty good. The story. Yeah, you're right. I loved it when I was 12 or 13 or whatever when it came right. out. But now, yeah, I look back on it. It's rubbish. Those people didn't actually exist. Um rose and jack i don't think and like that was just fully made up for the movie to like drive the plot along because steven spielberg wanted to tell a like rich girl james cameron james sorry uh james cameron wanted to tell a i always confuse the two um james cameron wanted to tell a uh rich girl poor boy love story with the backdrop of the titanic you know (laughs) sinking Like such a disaster I'm movie. I fucking think about that every time I see it. Yeah, that we now. get it. It sank. <laughs> I would argue. I would argue with you that the antagonist of the film was not Billy Zane, but the iceberg. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate argument. Inanimate fucking object. Yeah. Had more presence than Billy Zane. And they hyped that movie. <laughs> they definitely hyped that movie up by. Like pushing like all the like true stories and the sadness sure, of man. the sinking boat and yeah. stuff like they that. They had documentaries but... about them going down there, oh, and yeah. fishing yeah. around. I mean, it was a huge cultural fucking phenomenon. Like, I'm not taking any of that away from Titanic, but and, yeah, the movie's bad, dude. Yeah, Shipwrecks a bad had a moment movie. around like the turn of the millennia where what? people were like really into thinking about shipwrecks because of Titanic. And yeah. how creepy they are and stuff. I mean, was there a possibility that the Edmund Fitzgerald movie was coming? And then what were they going right? to do with that? George Clooney was going to play the captain the fabled, uh, uh, of the fabled movie. Dude, His yeah. love interest would have been. amazing. No, no. Check this out. Mid-90s plot right here. George Clooney as a captain of the Edmund Fitzgerald sinking. And just because I love her so much and I wish she was around. Mir Servino plays oh. his love interest and he's trying to get back. Oh my god, it's he, like 1996? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 1996? Okay. Oh. See, you know, it's 1998 because now, okay. like, so now because what so happens Titanic is, has happened. So yeah. people riding want to make the more. wave. Yeah, riding <laughs> the wave. Yeah, yeah, right. And they call it the, the Lake Michigan, the, 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 like, because they don't want Michigan in the title because they think it would not sell. It would be, <laughs> it, like, seriously. Can you just dear, call it 
like Edmund? No, 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 no. Dear or Edmund. Fitch. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, Dear Edmund. And then uh, it's just George Clooney in front. Is the captain's name also Edmund? Like, <laughs> no, his name is Fitz. His nickname is Fitz. His Fitz. Fuck His nickname is Fitz. Because as a kid... His favorite author was Scott Fitzgerald, uh, and they always uh, come with a Fitzgerald book, and that's why he was called Fitz, and that's why he was the ironic captain oh of God. this. Okay, I'm sad this movie doesn't exist. You know what? For whatever reason, a lot happens. It starts to begin. Yeah, and the, the, it starts to buddy relationship string for John C. Riley. This is the kickoff. Oh, man. This is the kickoff. Are you? I'm here for wasn't this. George Clooney? In, was it this like the perfect storm? Is that the name of that movie? That's why I was thinking of him as yeah, captain. That he go. was that a captain sense. of the boat, and Mark Wahlberg was there, yeah. and John C. Riley. But this is the captain. This is this. I happens. like this movie better. Yeah. <laughs> but you want this, this to circle instead around the Cons- wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yep. With a fake love story, change the name of the captain to Fitz. Yeah. And you know what happens is. Do you know what happens is that. At the same time, Faye would interfere as Gordon Lightfoot would be walking in, on Lake Michigan okay. and Sokka oh, Tuck. Yeah. Okay. You're going a little far. <laughs> All right. Anyways, yeah, sorry, Dude, but, oh, can it, Steve Buscemi be in it as like a shady ship hand? Yeah, no, he, no, what he is. You know he's the working. He works the boiler room, and he's the one that doubts him the entire time. It I like could, it. it. Sorry. It, go ahead, Lisa. Rightfully so, apparently, because there's no survivors on it. <laughs> Just in case you guys aren't all privy, like nobody lives. If you're not up on your Michigan shipwreck history, <laughs> um, I yeah. mean, who isn't? But I mean, if you're oh, the Jesus. one listener that doesn't understand all the significance of all the shipwrecks in the Great Lakes, hi, <laughs> nobody lived in that. Um, but I think that that movie should start off with Steve Buscemi playing the crew that led the shady ass divers that ended up robbing it. Oh, like remember oh, yeah. the divers that the dive team that went down there and they were taking like wedding rings off the <laughs> like corpses. corpses. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. And then it flashes back to like, no, here's what really happened. Yeah. You know, dude like and then, the, 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 the light foot music would come off. Then it would yeah. that's when that that's And the then it would throw out. to George Clooney like Fitz was a real guy, y'all. <laughs> Oh, late Gitchigumi. So that happened. Sorry, I didn't uh, know Roger. Right do you have any other overrated <laughs> best picture winners? You, like you know what? Um, <laughs> honestly, uh, Fitz coming to theaters near you. Nineteen ninety eight. Oh man, nineteen ninety eight. Twenty ninety eight. Yeah. The only We're other one that I'm not gonna make it. It's just a, such a quote unquote loud argument for. Really, would probably be honestly. I would go 1977 a little bit. Annie Hall's a good movie. Oh, wrong. dude. Yeah. No, go ahead. Um, so if it's so before you say why it's overrated, what would you have winning? You can say it. Just fucking say it. Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So why should Star Wars have won over Annie Hall? Because it was something that no one had ever seen. The special effects, nothing like that. If you were going to talk about movies with special effects to go back where you're sure. talking about Lacey, yeah. Titanic. Wanted based on special effects. I know the acting in Star Wars is not fantastic, apparently speaking, to something along the lines of Annie Hall. Granted, I get it. But we have this love affair with Woody Allen picks from 73 on that everything Woody Allen does. was a very does, big deal in the 70s. Yes. Everything that Woody Allen does is great because he does everything in New York and blah, blah, blah. He was kind of a big deal in the 80s, too, now that I think about it. Yeah, he was. He was. Don't get me wrong. Even in the 90s. You know, Woody Allen had a really good career. Huh. Yeah. Before he... <laughs> Why are you coming to realize so much of a yeah, deal? Yeah. yeah. Anyways. He needs to be shit. Uh, anyway, but I would only give it for not, because in terms of why we give it a not to Annie Hall, because there's other movies that he's done that are, I think, better than Annie Hall. I mean, Annie Hall, Annie Hall's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. Like, Manhattan Story, I think, is a better movie than Annie Hall. 
pretty good. Debate, debate, you know, depends on your opinion about it. I am partial to Manhattan Murder Mystery. I think it's a lot of fun. That's a good one. Like, well, that's the, just a fun movie. The like Jade that. of... Uh, Curse of the Jade Scorpion? Yeah. Uh, that movie's bad. Yeah. Personal opinion, but it's yeah. not a fan. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's okay. But my, my, my point is, Star Wars was nothing like nothing. It changed everything. Changed everything. And yeah. any hall, you can... I'm sorry, you can interchange with any other, business, other movies. Sorry. That came out that period of time. Okay. I, mean, it's, I mean, it's cool that Paul Simon's in it. Don't get me wrong. But. Sure. Yeah, no, I think it's valid. I mean, it's a very like, it's a very actory movie. You know, it's, yeah. it's a it's a screenplay movie, and that's that's something that I historically am more a fan of. Like, I like small films with just people talking in things. Like, yeah. that's yeah. kind of my mo. But I would grant you that the, I mean, this we're speaking in hindsight, right? Because right. the cultural impact of Star Wars wouldn't really be felt immediately as no. as much as it is now. Like it right. was. A huge thing then. I'm not trying to downplay that. It was enormous. Right. But it's it's easier to justify it I don't think anybody now. knew that it was right. going to yeah, go no, this it, far. It, no. no, you're right. It, not trying to be so Captain Hindsight about it, but even No, then, but you're right, though. I mean, like, Annie Hall is overrated. Like, that's fair to say. Yeah, because it's even, like, it, the. I don't think we knew how much the culture impact of Star Wars was because I think media at the time wasn't as spread as it is now. But granted, I don't think anybody saw what George Lucas saw it coming at all sure no so, that, that's fair and, and, and for, for that, that alone angle, yeah. i feel like that is fair yeah. that's that's sort of it's funny because it sort of plays into part of the titanic conversation we don't have to go back to it but right. part of what james cameron did in making you know we were joking about it but in creating technology to film that movie the way he did worked like right it does still look pretty good for a 20 something year old movie so like it's it's at least it has the merit there but i would also i agree with you on both counts they're both Overrated movies, and they won because of whatever. Like, Titanic won because it was enormous, and Star Wars didn't win because it wasn't Woody Allen. So that, that's fair. <laughs> like, those are, those are both fair points. Um, and you said those were, those were the two? Yep, that's it. All right. Um, fuck. Well, I got a bunch. I don't want to talk at length about all of them, but before we get to you, Lacey, Lacey, I'm saving one of yours for last because I know how much you want to go in on it. Uh, I'll get one out of the way that I feel like a lot of people, it's one of the very, I have two very famous ones uh, that are often cited as uh, overrated and ones that shouldn't have won. Uh, Namely, Dances with Wolves, which is 1990, beat out Goodfellas, which is like one of the things that people are constantly like, well, Martin Scorsese didn't win for Goodfellas. These don't mean shit. And like, yeah, honestly, you're probably right. Like the fact that it took till The Departed when Martin Scorsese made Taxi Driver and Goodfellas and Age of Innocence and Last Temptation of Christ, like all these movies that are far and away better than The Departed and The Departed is what wins him an award and he loses to fucking Kevin Costner being the great white hope for a bunch of fucking Native Americans. Like, man, fuck off. This movie is so up its own ass. It's so overblown. It's so overdirected. It is just constant shots of him looking epic and like <laughs> man get fucked this fucking movie it's so self-serving it's so wanky just like just it's still salty about being cut out of the big chill <laughs> <laughs> they've cast me as a corpse in the big chill i'll, I'll show, show them. them oh man when i have my way i'm gonna be on screen for fucking 8900 minutes because this movie is goddamn long. It's like 800 <laughs> years long. The original screening just wrapped. Like, fuck off, man. This movie sucks. 
And it's I feel bad because I know that there are a lot of people that like this movie. My dad being chief among them, like he's watched me a thousand times. Part of this may be a childhood trauma of me having seen this movie like seven times. My grandmother also loved this movie. It's loved weird, right? It, yeah. Right? Like, no chances with wolves, you know? And I was just like, sure. It's I, such a, it's just <laughs> such an, a relic of the time it was made. You. And it's Thank you. in a bad way, not in a good way. It's just like, God, you're, you're really preaching, you know? <laughs> and then the other main character of the movie is another white woman who has been adopted yeah, into a Native American I tribe. Know. What I, is going on? And like, no strip, no short trip to Mary McDonald does a very good job. But like, come on, man! Like, who the fuck are you? It's a movie centered around Native American, like, th- but they're the backdrop, right? Yeah. Like, and then you got two white people. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! I'll I'm never sorry, for- I'm still laughing about the epic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget. When I saw this movie, I saw this movie in grade school because they showed it. It was oh. one of those movies they had. We, we had to watch it. Yeah, of course, because it was like the teacher didn't want to do shit for two days. <laughs> yeah, but it was um, normally and they were using this as a learning tool. Right. Actually, no, in you this guys, case, it's historically relevant. Well, the reason I I had a nun who was my teacher. When we oh, yeah. This. I forgot you went to Catholic school. Oh. Yeah. And but her reaction was funny because we're watching this movie. And even then, I'm, and I was kind of like. So this is the. I always think of the West. It, until I was older, I thought the West was. <laughs> so this white, is the West. Huh? Yeah. So white, just white dudes, and everybody killed Indians, and, and now he's bonded part of the Indians. You're not but, entirely wrong, but the her name, sister, sister Stephen. She pauses and she's afterwards. She goes, "Well, ladies and gentlemen, this movie is just a well representation of what they got wrong." And then she went on this big thing about the Native Americans. All right, man. And it was well, like, yeah, yeah. It, like she was like this. She goes, she, it was the first time I ever heard a nun. The only time I ever heard a nun swear. She goes, this is bullshit. Oh, Don't yeah. buy into any of this. That's a progressive-ass nun. Yeah, she was a little ahead of her curve. How old was this woman at the time? I think in her 60s, early 50, late 50s, early 60s. Oh, she definitely joined to get away from something. She was probably a secret lesbian or something. <laughs> who didn't <laughs> yeah, right. who wanted to jo- serve. Sense, actually. She wanted to serve in charity and not be expected to marry. So she joined. This is my backstory for this one. I like it. We're creating all sorts of fictions for ourselves today. Yeah. I like this. I like to. We Shout should do a workshop. But yeah, uh, good fellas. Good fellas. That was your year. Uh, obviously, I mean it's it's a great movie. It holds up. Way way holds up. Bafflingly, to talk about movies that were super famous that got nominated for things, the movie that was the number one box office draw of that year also was nominated for best picture, and that was Ghost. Did you know Ghost was the highest grossing movie of 1990? I'm not Ghost. I, I feel like I heard that in a Jeopardy question. Ghost. Patrick Swayze making fucking pottery with Demi Moore's short haircut ghost. That makes a lot of sense because there's so many parodies, so many parodies. In, sure. In the Vanity Fair she was in a couple years later, yeah. I think the same year or year after where she's pregnant. Makes a lot of sense, actually. Ghost. I'm just going to throw that out there. 1990, yeah. yeah. That movie's terrible. That, this is where we came from, guys. Be happy your Marvel really, movies make as much money as they do because really we came from Ghost. I don't remember three. like what other stuff. I mean, I see what God was nominated, yeah. but I don't remember like what other movies were out in 1999 or 90 rather for me to be like, oh, fuck, Ghost, Ghost. is the highest cruising film. There. That's what was sure. out. I don't, I Oliver and Company. That's the first thing I thought of because I just watched it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't remember. What year did Punchline come out? <laughs> I don't fucking remember. <laughs> that was more in the Punchline. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Oh, oh, you, oh uh, Edward Scissorhands also came out that year because it should have been nominated for Best Picture. So, fuck okay, off. So and not to mention, Ghost. Yeah, so Ghost. Um, anyway, fuck Dances with Wolves. Long story short. 
the other very notable uh, <laughs> overrated that it it is usually defined as the the example of most overrated movie to win an Oscar, and that is Crash, which is 2005. So this movie gets a lot of shit for all of its hand wringing and for all of its modeling fucking store struggle of the human condition and adversity and racism and all the messages it's trying to send you. It gets a lot of shit because it's fucking horrible. This movie is bad. Like this movie is objectively a bad film. I I know it's become popular in recent years to spend time saying, but what if this is actually good? Like it's like decade retrospectives. Right. Like, oh, we shit on this movie 20 years ago, but what if it's actually good? I have not seen that for Crash because everyone knows it is bad. The only like, reason I've even thought about Crash in the last 10 years is because we did that Sandra Bullock episode. Yes. And I it came back onto my radar again. And I was like, ugh, fucking Crash. And that is it. That's literally it. I have not thought about it for any other yeah. fucking reason. You can find some redeeming qualities with Star Trek The Motion Picture. You can't find any redeeming qualities with Crash. So and they I was, are a one-to-one comparison. Yeah. Interestingly <laughs> enough, I was made to watch Crash in a class, in a college Fucking class. Re- oh, really? Okay. Okay. okay, that makes more sense. I was, was like, what? Wait. It was this. a sociology class. Makes perfect I sense. also think it's funny that you're shocked by this because I was literally telling you this yeah. story four years yeah. ago. I, well, <laughs> I, didn't forgot. Remember, I forgot what year it was because for a minute I'm like, you saw this in high school? No, no it was like 2006. It was a college yeah. sociology class. No, that makes and more sense. And we watched it over the course of like two or three three days or some shit like that and um, because your teacher had shit to do she did she <laughs> yeah, was like that, working yeah. on her computer and not watching absolutely it. It was like she's like blogging or something yeah, like man. she just must have been like piled up on work and she was like let's watch this poignant take on racism and she i don't remember discussing it afterwards or anything like that i just remember watching it and i was like sweet we get to watch a movie in class <laughs> oh, i guess it's crash. Yeah. <laughs> and then i had not seen it and then i was like I don't understand a lot of what's going on here. Like my big vivid memory about, cause they were trying to make like some poignant like thing about racism is that ludicrous. And who's the guy that's like his buddy in it. I can't remember. Ludicrous is in this movie, two black men. And they're like having a conversation in a diner and you're like, Oh, this is going to flip our like perspective of what we think about young black men. And then they rob it. And I was like, what, what like what where are we going to redeem them at some point like i this is there's a lot of just confusing mixed signals sandra bullock's mad she's a karen you know and <laughs> oh my there's God, just she a lot of shit going on in that movie but yeah i don't have like a huge vivid memory of it but it didn't have the impact on me that i feel like best picture should have yeah matt dillon goes back to being an asshole because he does that role really well I, I know at first i want to be there for him like oh matt dillon's in a movie that's kind of cool but like no this is not the movie. Not to mention, Dave, the other movies in this cat and, and that were nominated. Oh, my God. Look, I have <sighs> not. Look, Good Night and Good Luck is one of my. I love that movie. Love that movie. So that would be my pick. Yeah. I, I would. I personally would have had Good Night and Good Luck win Best Picture yeah. that year. Munich was. Of what is nominated. Munich's overrated. I saw it. In, <sighs> oh, all right. I don't care. For I, it. I love Munich, but that's, again, that's, but it's fine. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think every movie in this category is better than Crash. Yeah. Every one of these movies would have won. I would have been fine. Crash is what won. Fuck you. I never yeah, seen, it does uh, seem like the weakest there. It is. It yeah. 100% is. Capo- I never seen Capote, though. Capote's good. Capote, sorry. Ben, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman won yeah. that year for his performance. It was very good. And Brokeback Mountain is great. Like, it's a great fucking movie. They, they're, every movie on here is great, except Crash. And it won. Like, it, it's baffling. And that is that is why it is constantly talked about as the worst, because it beat four very much better movies in, in winning 
and it's still that's that's one of those years where I wonder. Like I I see the Shakespeare in love you know preponderance, and I'm like, is that what happened? I don't know. And like Paul Haggis seems like an okay guy. He was like way into Scientology. That could also have something to do with it. Who he knows? Broke yeah, out of this, it. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but he, he broke out of it. He was still in it. Then. He was in it then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hardcore. So we haven't even considered the ramifications of Scientologists oh, in Hollywood. Right. Yeah, so who fucking knows? We can Hollywood's put on our tinfoil hats here and start going crazy with it. But ah, Crash is terrible. Um, and then I'm okay. <laughs> so Forrest Gump, 1994. Uh, Pulp Fiction, obviously best picture that year. Should have won. A lot of people would say Shawshank. I'll give you that. Shawshank Redemption is a great movie. It's definitely better than Forrest Gump. Would have been fine with it winning. Pulp Fiction is one of my favorite movies ever. Like Again, to speak to my favorite movies ever. Uh, Forrest Gump is bad, you guys. I'm, I'm not there with you. There are so many people of our specific generation love this fucking movie. It's a nostalgia They fucking thing. love this fucking movie. I did not like this movie when I was 11. I do not like this movie now. I think this movie is fucking bad. It is hammy as shit. It is trying way too hard to be impactful. It is doing such disservice to the other characters in the movie by making them all one-dimensional fucking nothings to play against Forrest Gump. Tom Hanks, fine. You know what I mean? You did a good job doing whatever it is you're being asked to do. But everybody gets pushed to the margins of being no one in this movie, to the detriment of many of them. Like, you still get, like, the whole, like, slut-shaming Jenny kind of thing happening 25 years later. And, like... You guys, it's the way she was written. Like, she's written to be a bad character because we need to have him be the paragon of virtue. Like, right. you are trying way too fucking hard to put, to use some wrestling terms, you're trying way too hard to put Forrest over. And it's just not fucking working for me. Like, I hate this fucking movie so much. But that's that's my piece. Like, this movie is bad, and I do not think it deserved Best Picture. I saw, okay, so I like to, I admit it, I like this movie when I saw it. Then, you can like it now. I do no, not, no, it's no. totally fine. Listen, listen, like, listen. Sorry, sorry. It's a, I, so until my senior year in high school, I was going on a trip and I read the book. After that, I hated the movie and I will hate it forever. Why? Because you just mentioned wrestling. The book is vastly superior. And I'm not trying to be the book is better than the movie guy. Sure. But when you watch it, it doesn't age well, A. And B, in the book, Forrest Gump is an interesting, fascinating character. A guy who flunks out of alabama but he does like really well he's high he's a he's a high he's almost autistic right yeah yeah that's how they're spinning it yeah you know he could put together a rifle real fast yeah he could do like some of the basic things right and he becomes a pro wrestler he's a much cool he went to the moon like he does a lot of cool stuff (laughs) in the book he never does in the movie that's far more interesting than Uh... me and then jenny is not like jenny's portrayed as a a woman who goes through a lot comes out the other side and they're friends Sure. And, I, and so, like, I, I know it just it really pissed me off. And then I just the, I don't know, um, the who's the director of that movie? Um, who did Robert uh, Zemeckis? Yeah, Robert Zemeckis. His movies are just like cookie cutter. You can tell a Robert Zemeckis movie from yeah, a mile away. They're pretty plain. Yeah, he's and, not a notable director. No, not at all. And I think he's just part of that whole trilogy from the the Spielberg tree that are don't don't get anything interesting. And yeah, you cry when Jenny dies. But later on, like you get the older, the older I get, the more I realize it was just like it was one of the first movies that started that. Oh wow, so Mekis, you're still doing that thing you did in Back to the Future, where Chuck Berry. I was gonna say he gets he gets the credit because he made Back to the Future. Like that's why anyone would like him. But yeah. that's his gimmick, right? Yeah. Just like we're taking things out of the context of history and changing it slightly. Yeah, we're investing in this fruit company. It's called Apple. <laughs> get yeah, it? Like, get it's the- your cousin. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, it's <sighs> it's bad. The movie's bad. Yeah, like, no. I, I don't have time for that shit. Yeah. Like, that, it's, that's it's all I gotta say. Lacey, any, any Forrest Gump thoughts? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way as Roger did. I didn't read the book or anything, but, like, I really liked it when I first saw it. I was, like, you know, I was a kid. I thought it was really fun to watch him go throughout history and stuff. And <laughs> I was just a shitty kid then, I guess. Like, I... <laughs> I know that people love this movie for nostalgia reasons, but it didn't hit me then. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, well, I, I'm it just, just did say, nothing like, for me. Looking back on it, looking back on it now as an adult woman, like, I hate the way they treat the Jenny character. Like, she goes through all this shit. They completely just, like, everything but say that her father is sexually abusing her. Right. And she goes through all this terrible shit. She's, like, in the foster system and stuff. She can barely make her way, you know, unless she's doing, like, sex work. Back in the 60s, it wasn't as common for women to just walk out into the world and get a job. So it's it's a sad character. And she's treated as like some sign of sort of like bitch who used Forrest when right. it's yeah, it's it's handled very weird. I also think it has like the magical disabled person trope oh, totally. where yeah. like Forrest is like. He's touching lives of everyone around him, but we never really explore like the man who Forrest actually is. Correct. Like, you know, it's just kind of like what he stumbles. It's upon. not important. Yeah, like, it's I. Yeah, the the movie's problematic, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like sounding that way, but yeah, it's. I mean, whatever. It's still. It's got all that stuff where they like edited him into like shaking Kennedy's hand or yeah, whatever. It's yeah. another special effects extravaganza. Exactly. Yeah. But um, what are you gonna do? Yeah. I mean, I liked it as a kid, but now I go back and watch it, and it's just kind of it's it's more campy than I realized it was. Yeah, and there's yeah. nothing no wrong with Tom Hanks either. I mean, no, sure, he's it, fine. It starts that the pissing trilogy where there's all the movies he's peeing in. So <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see a, a few other. Uh, Movies in this category. Yeah, dude. I mean, over. Pulp Fiction or Shawshank. Either one is sure. correct. Like, yeah. both or, are great. Or even for that matter, Quiz Show. Sure. I yeah, like sure. that. I, you know, Quiz, Quiz Show's good. Yeah, it's a good movie. And I don't I don't think Shawshank is one of the best movies ever made, as many yeah. people do, but I don't think it's bad at any stretch. I don't think it's bad. Personal bias, I put Pulp Fiction because it's. Absolutely. Most, that, that was bias. another movie but, where the, the complete the trilogy where we talked about. Oh, endlessly. <laughs> yeah. I quoted Dave. Or <laughs> <laughs> Cheeseburgers started from her like cheeseburgers, but cultivated yeah. from a Pulp Fiction. Yeah, sure yeah. it is. Pulp Fiction, very integral to my my upbringing. And then my last one. This is a very very personal one. It is. I will not stump for this because I'm guaranteeing you this movie. This movie will get its own conversation someday. But 2015, uh, Spotlight wins Best Picture over Mad Max Fury Road. Literally my favorite movie ever. It's perfect. The movie is fucking perfect. And the fact that it lost to another goddamn message movie about the goddamn media and their goddamn importance over discovering goddamn important things. I'm not saying these stories aren't good. You they should be told, right? right. This is a, it's okay to tell these these stories. It's important sometimes even. But Spotlight is a completely mediocre version of that. Like it's fine. Like it's it's not revolutionary. It's not a best picture. It is not. Mad Max on the other hand literally redefined how a movie could be made that way mm-hmm. with the practical effects the fucking pacing the performances of people who are barely talking for half the time but everything is conveyed so expertly the action is necessary and like it never feels overwrought it never feels like they're rushing anything and then when it is rushing it's manic and perfect and like the camera's all fucking crazy and then when it isn't it's paced and it looks incredible that movie is shot like the cinematography and the fucking editing in that movie 
get fucked. It's the fucking greatest. This movie is a plus perfect movie. Fuck, why didn't it win Best Picture? Like it is, it is an axe I will grind until the day I am dead because I think this movie is important as well as good, and Spotlight is neither, like comparatively speaking. So that's my piece. We will talk about Mad Max again for something. I will find a way. But we will break that movie down to its fucking bones. All you gotta do is just there's an anniversary coming up of the original or something. We could just fuck it. Yeah, we'll do all of them just to talk about this. Yeah, there we go. But anyway, I love Mad Max. How about you? <laughs> I I never saw Spotlight. Yes, yeah, so but let's I, talk did about like, Spotlight. I did like that's more like, important. Well, I didn't see it, so I don't know what to say about it. But I really did like Mad Max Fury Road, and I was disappointed that it didn't win because I thought it was like one of the greatest movies I had seen in a really long time. If I remember correctly, it won like in almost every other damn category that it yeah. was nominated in. But then they just for some reason couldn't give it best picture. I don't know how that works. I don't if either. you think they're the best in I every don't other either. category, costume, makeup, yeah. technical awards, all kinds of stuff. And then they snubbed it for best picture. Whatever. I sure. Okay. It doesn't make sense to me, but again, that's why I think the Oscars are you know, I gotta give them a side eye sometimes. But yeah, Mad Max Fury Road, great movie. Love it. Never saw Spotlight. There's nothing wrong with Rachel McAdams. She's America's sweetheart. She's sure. great. I um, love Rachel McAdams. She's, Char- can, she's Canada's sweetheart, but yeah. sure. Yeah. She's also America's yes. sweetheart because she's so sweetheart. But there's a couple things about Spotlight. One, I think is the casting was set to be, okay, we're going to put you in Oscar now. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's an Michael Oscar Keaton. movie. It's Oscar bait all yeah. over the place. Liz Shriver. People I like. It's yeah. full of people I love. Yeah. No slight yeah. to it. Two, Charlie Theron, that to me... I think outside of her mo- role as that movie, I'm trying to think of the where she plays serial killer, um, monster, monster. That was arguably top two best roles. Oh, well, she's great in this movie. Yeah, she's she's great. great in this movie. She was like just it, it changed my opinion about her. Not that I have a strong opinion either way about her, but it no, set her it aside. Happen, though, yeah, yeah. It's just like she just blew she blew me away. She was fantastic in that movie, and she was such a like with such conviction too, and I heard her talk about it on the podcast too, like tongue in cheek, like I was, she was a little slighted, you know, about it. But Spotlight is just—I mean, was it was it Dog Day Afternoon in the, you know, any of those seventies movies that have like a story, a message? Dog Day Afternoon is a better movie than Spotlight. That's, that's, that's true. It's more like something like we had alluded to earlier, like broadcast news yeah, or yeah. like network. Like a movie that is... It's a journalism movie. Yeah. yeah. All the President's Men is a good analog. Like Shattered a movie that Glass is about is journalism. No, no, I'm just joking. Yeah. I like Shattered Glass, yeah. though. That's funny. I actually think that movie is super underrated, so that's yeah. funny you should bring it up. But yeah, it is. It's one of those movies. Like, let's talk about the importance of journalism and why journalism is important. Like, it's just saying the same thing twice. Yep. And... I am not in any way trying to dismiss or play down what the movie is actually focusing on, you know, like child abuse and like things like that. Like I'm not, I'm not here to tell you that that is not an important thing to talk about. I'm only telling you that the movie is overrated and shouldn't have won best picture. Like fact point period. That's it. You know, those are stories that need to be told and it's a fine film. It's not the best film. It wasn't that year and it never will be. Other movies should do it better and have done it better. Right. So what are you going to do? But yeah, that's that's my time. <laughs> I'm fucking Mad Max and specifically Spotlight. I let myself I let my passions overtake me a bit there. Lacey, overrated Oscar film winners. What do you got for us? Um, okay. So two thousand Gladiator. <laughs> I I don't even think that this is a good movie. Like, because well, first of all, let's continue on our hate train for 
Ridley Scott. Um, <laughs> so two, yeah, <laughs> two two side by side parallel trains. One of us hate. One of us is fine. <laughs> um, no, I mean I don't really have much more to say about this movie other than the fact that I think it sucks. I fucking hate. I kind of hate Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> like I don't really mm. like them as actors. Oh, the hottest of takes here in the year of Joker. I how could you? <laughs> you know damn well that I'm never going to see Joker. Right, right, right. Um, I I don't know. I just think this movie really sucks. It was nominated. First of all, this is what was nominated this year against it. Chocolat. Better movie. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Better movie. Traffic. Best movie. Aaron Brockovich? Pretty good movie. I, I was shocked movie. that Aaron Brockovich was even nominated, but I'm trying to think of like all the other films that came out in 2000. Like, oh, Was it just oof. slim fucking pickings this year? It was, 2000 was bad. I was about to say The movie. Sixth Sense, but that was the year before, and it yeah. was nominated for Best yeah. Picture, so I'm wrong. It must have been slim pickings, but even so, in that category, what would you pick to win? Uh, personally, personally, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I was going to say Crouching Tiger, but Hidden Dragon. if I was being fair that year, probably I've, Traffic. I've not watched Chocolat all the way through. Chocolat's great. I've not it's watched it all the way movie. through. Yeah, Wasn't Ponette nice. in it? Ponette was not it, and she was alive. <laughs> That's, that, we're not going to go there. Um, I've only seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon of the, the ones that are left. So. Crouching yeah. Tiger, Hidden Dragon was, like, amazing. For, like, at the time, like, people, people weren't doing shit like that. Well, they like, were, but they weren't. Uh, they weren't exposed to an American audience. Like, exactly, that yeah. was not something that people were super versed with. Like this sort of, this sort of action movie, this sort of kung fu films with yeah. all the wires and yeah. the choreography that was way more like dance than fighting. Like that wasn't something that I hadn't seen personally, sure. and stuff that I knew was new to a lot of people. Like that movie was great and opened a door for me to find a lot more shit. Because a lot of people, I were went talking way about down it. the like, rabbit yeah. hole with that. You know. I, yeah, I just think Gladiator is a shitty movie. It's got that mistake in it where like uh, where like uh, some of the effects, the there's like a, I can't think of what it is. It's like a tank is exposed. Oh my God, seriously? Like, I didn't even know that. Yeah, there's like a part where like one of the, I think it's a chariot it's called, like flips over and it's supposed to like kind of like blow smoke and stuff because it's like falling in the dust and like one of one of the tanks is like exposed and you could just see it blowing out gas and stuff i just i really really hated this movie i didn't think it was good it's not my kind of film personally which i'm not trying to like hold it up like that right but like neither is crouching tiger hidden dragon really and i think that's a way better movie uh, there so, was yeah. some there was some okay i looked up 2000 real quick american psycho Castaway, remember the titans remember the titans feels like a movie that would definitely be nominated yeah for that does that feels like oscar billy Bay elliott like yeah snatch were these what? almost famous? Like these are movies that all feel like. Oh, wait, those are the Oscar, movies that... Oscar Beatty movies. Well, then again, were nominated it... for Best Picture. Then again, they no... did win other things. Like uh, Kate Hudson won Best Actress that year for Almost Famous. So, to, like, to be fair though, isn't it because it, it was only limited to five at the time though? Yeah, but like, yeah, but I yeah, would but how put did we some get of those, some of these in here? You like, know what I mean? I would put some of those in way before fucking Gladiator and Aaron Brockovich. Unbreakable. Shout out to the best M Night Shyamalan movie not being nominated for Best Picture. Unbreakable. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Unbreakable. I don't know, man. I don't. I'm not going to go in too hard on it. Like, I really don't have that much to say about it. I just don't think Gladiator is that good of a movie. I guess if you're interested in seeing that time period portrayed on screen, because it's kind of like one of those time periods. Like, you don't get it all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? We get a lot of World War II movies, a lot of shit like that. Um, so it's like this and Ben Hur. Yeah, I was right. Gonna exactly. <laughs> I don't. I'm not really into it. So or Spartacus. Yeah, Spartacus. Tony Curtis. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
yeah. think this is an extremely I'm, overrated movie I'm altogether, with you. I think, and I think yeah. it should not have won Best Picture. No, I agree. I've been on that train for 20 years now. I hated Gladiator. And I, I catch shit for that, too, because it's like such a dude movie, you know, like the yeah. testosterone of all of it and the smashing things and the man fighting for his family kind of shit. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. Like, I like a lot of shitty action movies, and that's kind of what this is. And I don't know. That it had so much prestige at the time is kind of a testament to where I, we were i really I just think it was the the period you know yeah, because yeah. it does look cool like yeah, they made fine. it look kind of cool the costuming <laughs> yeah, and stuff fine. sure yeah, good job fine. costuming and stuff but. but it's still a fucking it still has the bad parts of ridley scott movies which is the pacing is fucking exactly. glacial and too much shit doesn't happen until something does happen the acting is still why do i just imagine ridley scott like slunked backwards in his director's chair like just like he's speak oh fuck this guy all right i still love alien i can't go in too hard on uh gladiator on gladiator i just really didn't like it all right anything else that was the only one you had well i thought you had more no we talked we talked about most of them you know you touched on a lot of them oh Um, i feel bad if i would have known that i would have let you go first yeah i was wondering why you didn't but that's okay i thought you had more (laughs) that's all right I guess driving Miss Daisy to a point. Woo! Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm looking at, first of all, fuck Born on the Fourth of July, too. That oh, movie was thank kind you. of just like, oh, oh you, guys, it, you guys you. are hurting me. <laughs> but I don't know. It was Field of Dreams, My Left Foot. I don't know that one. My Left Foot is a great movie. And Dead Poet Society. It's still a good movie. It you may really be a think Driving but... Miss Daisy was the best one out of all of those? I don't know. No, I totally agree with you. I definitely think it's overrated because I would have picked Born on the Fourth of July. <laughs> I love that movie. All right. If you listen to our Tom Cruise episode, you will hear me talk at length about how much I love Born on the Fourth of July. I was on that episode. I know. I was telling the listeners who are hearing this now. I don't remember what I said about that movie. I mean, it was I nothing know, charitable, it was what but it was, whatever. I, don't I, I believe Roger did also say that it was overrated. Yes, He's it still wrong, but that's okay. We can all disagree. Um, My Left Foot is about uh, a painter. Um, what Christy Brown? I think his name is. Oh yeah, it's right here in the title. Yeah. Is so, this about the Statue of Liberty? No. Oh, okay. No, he's a uh, he's disabled. He only has function in his left foot. Oh, so and he, he becomes a painter. It? So he paints with his foot. So Daniel Day Lewis is fucking hardcore. Daniel Day Lewising it and method as hell and you know all all crunched up into himself, only being <laughs> able to use his left foot. I mean, look, dude, the performance <laughs> is really impressive. Like. Being able to do that on screen was really good. You know, it's it's whatever. You can take it or leave it. Um, Bren, Brenda Fricker plays his mom. She's really good in it. So the movie is good. I'm not going to say it's the best movie ever, but it's a good film. <laughs> what happened? Crunched up into himself? <laughs> uh, there's a more elegant way to say that I apologize. He is a man with a disability. He's portraying a man with a disability. So for that, I, I apologize. Okay, but. Dan. Uh. <laughs> okay well we're getting the light from Lacey over there saying we should wrap this up i feel like we covered pretty much everything we could have covered i mean there's always other things to talk about but so over the course of the conversation as we like to trail back around to the end here have perceptions changed so i am still going to say <laughs> I am still going to say no. 
I think the Oscars are fairly rated and that they are integral to discussing movies year to year, important and unimportant, however you want to quantify that. And that it's it's a good conversation to have and it it merits existing. It could do more. It has other fest- festivals and other places to do film that do more for other movies and that's good that they exist. But the Oscars as an entity are at least important enough to exist. So that's my that's my personal take on it. So fairly rated. Roger, where are you at? I still stand by my opinion. I just still think it's a lot of I haven't said this this episode, sniffing of farts. And uh just <laughs> Yeah, you waited all the yeah. way to the end. Waited it's the champagne glasses this time though. But Oh uh, yes, it's fancy. No, I, I think that the Oscars as there's a lot of things that are progressive, a lot of things that change with the times and a lot of things that adapt. The Oscars will never be that. The Oscars will never adapt quick enough to be something where I'm interested in because it's just gonna be, as you said, there's there's countless examples of trends that are outdated or this case, whatever reason, Steven Spielberg needs to get another Oscar for whatever reason. And he does that now. He just makes movies that it changes movie makers and changes opinions. And one one of the ones I didn't get a chance to talk to is about the director from Deer Hunter who My, uh, Michael Cimino. Yeah, Michael Cimino. Yeah. And, and his changed his direction after that. And a lot of his movies were bombs after Deer well, Hunter. I would argue, actually, that him being nominated <clears throat> wasn't it didn't change his filmmaking because he wanted to be nominated again. It gave him a big fucking head. Which yeah, is why, exactly. Yeah. Which is why his follow-up, Heaven's Gate, went way over budget, went over time, like became a giant money sink to the studio and sunk his reputation because he became labeled as hard to work with. Like, in retrospect, the movie has become more respected, like, in the years since it came out. But in, like, 1981, when it came out, like, people were like, what the fuck is this and why is it three and a half hours long? Like, it was way too overblown, you know? So it's... It is what it is. These these can have a negative effect to a person's career as much right. as they can have a positive one. Like you can either never follow it up because you are trying and you don't make it, or you can think that you're hot shit and not be. Like it, you know, it happens. Right. So it's hard to say, but that's you know, if that's where you stand on it, then that's where you stand on it. It's overrated. Yeah. What about you? Okay, so I've come down a little bit because if you if you remember in the beginning when you asked me, I was like firmly overrated. This is a Hollywood circle jerk. I'm just looking for cute dresses and like I want to see a nip slip or something, whatever. <laughs> so I've come down from that a little bit. Like I do think the way the way you've talked about it, like it's made me realize that yes, this is very important for a lot of people. This can launch careers. This can break careers. You know, so much so that people do put the money in it. I still think it's totally convoluted, like the way that they do it. I mean, the the money thing and like lobbying for their shit to be nominated. Like, I think they need to expand it. Like, I would like this a lot more if this was an actual like fair competition to be nominated for something like it because it doesn't seem fair to me that they just blatantly exclude movies from like the rest of the world when some of these films are great and probably there's probably you can't tell me that there wasn't a better movie out there than you know gladiator (laughs) like even out in the rest of the world or better than any some of these things you know spotlight anything um so yeah i still think that it's overrated like for how much weight it should carry for us the viewer but I understand that it carries a lot of weight for the people who are involved in making these films and, you know, what it does for the movie itself. So I'm going to come down, but I still so I, I'm a little bit between 
fairly rated and, and overrated. Just I'm kind of I'm on the fence. I'm a fence call sitter. It, call it slightly overrated. Gently <laughs> overrated is the term that I like to use on this show. Yeah, a gently. gentle overrated. A whisper of overrated. A whisper of overradiation. No, overradiation. <laughs> that, that's a whole other thing. Listen, I'm getting slap happy. Happy. We've been recording <laughs> for 16 hours. I haven't taken my coat off for some reason. I know, man. Just yeah. take it away. off. Stay a while. Yeah. Well, except not because we're done. Okay, cool. So, hey, that was our discussion of the Academy Award for Best Picture. It was lengthy and a lot of stuff was covered. But we want to hear from you. So do that thing where you subscribe to us on all of the things you can. Spotify, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, I'm sorry. Google Podcasts, Podbean. We have our stuff up there on the website at podbean.com. Slash over under fair. You can find us there, too. Come and talk to us in the Make Fun Network. We're over there in the Facebook group talking to people. Let us know your feelings about these Best Picture nominees from here and now and also the past. Like, we always, I mean, me specifically, I will talk to literally anybody about movies anytime, drop of the hat. So you can uh, reach all of us. We have individual Twitters. Do we ever plug those? We could do that if we felt like it. Knotted uh, underscore Lace. Uh, that's Lacey. I'm uh, in theaters now on Twitter. And Roger, you have a Twitter handle? Yeah. At Rogcast81. Fair warning, there's a lot more baseball than media stuff, but He'll still follow me. Anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you, whatever. Yeah, and Roger will actually like tweet and stuff. I am bad at it, but I I, I'm too. trying better. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The two of you are much more active. I'm working on it. I don't ever tweet about movies. I tweet about like lipstick and <laughs> shit like that. But but hey, man, you want to talk about your hot Oscar looks? Lacey will be totally into that. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's us. And then as you know, the show also on Twitter at OverUnderFair. Uh, over under fairpot at gmail.com if you want to email us there the old-fashioned way the semi-old-fashioned way you can send us an actual letter but we don't have a post office box so we won't get it and yeah going forward we're still working on stuff for you guys and this was a big thing so please let us know how we're doing and let us know you're listening because we like to think you are and um oh i suppose my thanks to matt for uh throwing in <laughs> throwing in on the intro uh thanks for that sorry matt bastiani <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I did it again. I'm going to continue Matt to mispronounce your name. I mispronounced yeah. your name. So check out uh, check out Matt on Top 5 of Death and all of the Make Fun Network podcasts, the Kitty Cat podcast, Encyclocomica. I never say that right. What's the... Encyclocomica. Yeah. Fucking... I'm sorry I don't get your name right, but also fuck your name. Encyclocomica. <laughs> Jesus, dude. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Encyclocomica, um, uh, Anachronismo, and, you know, This Rules the Sucks. So we got all those things for you. In addition to all the shit we go talk about over there on the Facebook page and with other people in the group. Yes. So, this is Dave speaking for Roger and Lazy. Jesus Christ, this has been over under fair. And uh, we'll see we'll see you again soon. Happy watching. college that I, I it took five years to complete even though it was a two-year uh, program um geez so many people to thank uh the the guy who pumped my gas today without him i wouldn't have been able to get to where i was going and um let's see uh stan lee for everything he's done walt disney for everything he's done i'll thank myself for being me i'm great i know that and um i i thanks again everyone i i, I could have done it without you but i'm glad i didn't <laughs>